Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's September 20th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 509. I wrote September 29th here, and I do not know why. Oh, no. Uh, Waypoint Radio, episode 509. Uh, I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Ricardo Contreras. Because it's the 19th today? Did you, like, accidentally mash the day that like so i half corrected it where <laughs> yeah. i was like it's the 20th but also it's the 19th and they just did a portmanteau of the two the two right dates yeah great yeah uh we also have patrick Klepek. just want to point out you know i think this is uh representative of living a better life having self-care i at halftime drove my kids home from a friend's house and said yes i could watch the second half of the bears getting their ass kicked by the packers or i could treat myself to the first half of a masterpiece film. And so I did. And I watched Alien instead. And that was... <laughs> I just feel... I just That's growth. That's growth. Yeah. That's growth. That is just understanding... Like, can still be a fan. And uh, just recognize where you are. And just treating yourself a little bit better. Just pour that whiskey. Yeah. And just enjoy the... Beep-boo. Beep-boo. The wonderful music of Ridley Scott's Alien. I mean, I did. Like, I at least went to do other work. I left the. I <laughs> it left became the TV a ba- it became on. a background thing. We the TV was on in low volume, and I just kept it. But but the thing is, then they mounted a drive. I know, I know. And yeah, you get in that you get in that headspace where it's like, maybe is this hope? Is huh? hope happening again? No, and you're it's like, not. it's not going to. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. But uh, it didn't. But yeah, uh, I I feel you did win the night. Uh, I did. I don't, I should tell people. I, I don't think so. We're still figuring out. With the cadence on the sports podcast, I should just shout out to everyone who uh, gave feedback over the weekend. Like it has been extreme. We, <laughs> Rob and I, you know, we know that people will listen to us talk about almost anything that's been proven by appliance chat uh, and other things uh, <laughs> over the years. But uh, th- like this was like a real genuine like we want to talk about this, like see how it lands. And it's been really cool that it's landed for a lot of folks that are close to sports, not close to sports. Um, and the, the general feeling of just, I don't know. It was cool. It was cool to see people embracing that. So I think we will, I think we're going to endeavor because of the unique way in which our team got their ass handed to them, which is such a familiar feeling, not just to us, but I think a lot of sports fans. I, okay, I'm going to figure, Rob, I'm going to figure this out. I don't know if I'm going to, maybe I'll have Kato patch, patch this in because <laughs> I'll figure it out after the podcast. I would like people to call in with their, what is what is what are these all time moments where you are crushed as a sports fan, where you are in the deepest pits of despair, where your heart has been ripped out and stomped on? And so insert here. You can call two, two, four, seven, oh, seven, one, five, six, one. That phone number again is two, two, four, seven, oh, seven, one, five, six, one. 
is a Google voice number that you will be able to call and leave those voicemails. Uh, and, and like just jump, dump those in. We still got all your questions. There's plenty to revisit there, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Right. I think we should revisit that once more time. And well, then and I would say we'll this though, let, let's refine mm-hmm. it. I don't want to hear like, Oh man, my team lost the world series. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like that familiar, like we're in hell and we're never escaping feeling. Yeah, why like, am I doing this sort of like thing? Like when Buffalo, you lose the Super Buffalo Bowl. fans, like the fourth yeah, time yes. you lost the the Super Bowl or something, like that's probably <laughs> that's probably worth talking about. But like, oh, we made it. Uh, we had a great season. It just didn't pan out. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the like. Am I? Are we just destined to be losers? And is this? Even am like, I a loser for choosing yep, this life? Yep. Um, exactly. Like you to, when you are questioning your life choices as a result of an arbit the arbitrary results of a of a of a sports team. That's where that's that's where we are, and that's where I want you to be when you when you call in. So we'll yeah. we'll get in the hole, get in the <laughs> get, get in the foxhole with us. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So Patrick, over the weekend, uh, there was sort of like I guess major game news, but almost it seemed like very quickly the conversation became news about the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was apparently a, a pretty significant. GTA uh, six leak that happened over the weekend. You want to talk us through what happened? I just thought there was like some weird scamming stuff going on. So why don't you talk us through the, uh, you know, the, the leak itself, the, the leaker who appeared to be sort of grabbing that brass ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe we can get into the reaction stuff. Yes. Over the weekend, uh, a user on the GTA forums, one of the more popular online communities for for Grand Theft Auto fans uh, essentially dumped a bunch of in-development clips from Grand Theft Auto 6. Again, we do know it to be in development, not only because Bloomberg has done some extensive reporting on the on like the basic premise. It's supposed to follow uh, a woman lead for the first time, uh, take place in Vice City. uh, And uh, this person who claims to be the same person behind a recent Uber hack, we don't know if that's true or not but uh essentially dumped just a bunch of clips that show code running in real time uh because it's obviously a development build in for a game that might not be out for another two plus years so it is very much a not meant to be shown to anyone but developers who understand what they're looking at but there are scenes early on before it was later understood to be completely legitimate uh was you know Oh, look, there are three characters, you know, talking uh, next to a pool. And if you've ever played a Grand Theft Auto game, this is the only scene I saw before everything started getting taken down by take two. It was like, yeah, this sounds like a Grand Theft Auto conversation. Like I've 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 heard this many times before. If someone is if someone is uh, doing a fake, they have done an admirable job faking (laughs) the sort of like writing style, uh, the art style, the even just the movement animation of Grand Theft Auto. And then uh, later. Uh, you know, as of uh, either earlier this morning or I think it was earlier this morning, a rock star uh, came out and uh, confirmed that the uh, leak is real. Um, they said in a statement that we recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services nor any long term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. We're extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned, and we remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again uh, soon, and, of course, we'll properly introduce 
uh, you to this next game when it's ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support through the situation. Um, and yes, as you alluded to, Rob, there uh, has been a lot of weirdness uh, surrounding this. It is hard to tell how much of it is legitimate and how much of it is people jumping on top of us in extraordinary situation for clout. You have folks claiming to be the leaker, the hacker, however you want to, you know, uh, phrase it uh, and saying, uh, hey, like, send me Bitcoin, you know, like a very common thing you'll see uh, on, on uh, you know, online where people, you know, open up a crypto wallet and, and try and take advantage of situations and attention. Um, there was for a time uh, this was legitimately happening. Uh, I didn't witness it for myself, but uh, plenty of credible reporters were reporting on it where there was in the forums. People were just the, the leaker who has access to a, a real trove of of information was like, what do you want to know about the game? Uh, and then be, was just taking requests like there it's an open mic night and they dig around, find the thing that people wanted to know. Uh, and they would they would deliver it to them, um, including, I believe, some stuff related to legal ongoing, like legal situations that take two uh, is involved in. I don't know if that's related to the one where they're I think they're suing some modders and the modders were, were counter suing. I don't know if that's the exact one, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, it's a completely wild, pretty unprecedented uh, hack leak, um, certainly on the level of the, the giga leak from a couple of years back with Nintendo. But the stuff that leaked from Nintendo was do you want to see some unused sprites from Super Mario World, a game that was released decades ago? Not. Uh, what is likely to be one of the vid biggest video games of all time, D do you want to see that half-finished? Uh, so as so we find ourselves in a really interesting situation where it's a game that people wanted to know quite a bit about and their first exposure to it beyond you know reading a Bloomberg report or a tweet from Rockstar when they have confirmed the game's development is a bunch of stuff that very much looks like not even an E3 demo where you have to understand that, it, hey, it's the final layers of polish aren't quite here yet. It is is like the raw code and bad frame rates and all the stuff that, that goes along with a game that is far, far from done. One of the things that caught my eye about this was, I mean, it sparked conversation about just like, are, harm, are leaks harmful? How are they harmful? Um and part like this mostly like bubbles up out of uh like game developer social media accounts. Uh I think this goes hand of, in hand though with some of the with the reaction to the Nintendo Direct a week ago, yeah. in which the framework for a lot of what do you want to uh, some like straight up legitimate reporters like you know Jeff Grubb over at Giant Bomb, who has since sort of walked back, apologized how they framed that direct, and then a lot of Nintendo insiders, which essentially are these this rotating cast of people claiming they know it's going out at Nintendo and they know it's happening in the direct. And that direct was like very much framed as it's a big Zelda versary and you're going to get lots of information on Breath of the Wild 2 and HD remasters of, of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. I mean, this was common knowledge enough to the point that like I'd been talking with Kata. I was like, well, maybe Twilight Princess would be a game I could do like in stream later this year. <laughs> like that's the sort of confidence. <laughs> and also a Metroid Prime uh, remaster remake that has been kicking around rumored for for years none of that stuff shows up and then intent then the direct is seen as disappointing because mm -hmm. of the framing of outsiders as opposed to what nintendo actually showed up with which was farming sims uh, for the most part <laughs> yeah i mean but i i think where i sort of the thing that just sort of caught my eye about a lot of the discourse around this was um like there, there there were people positioning it as well there wouldn't necessarily be such like 
mania to know what's going on inside inside a development and an ongoing development if development itself was not such a black box uh frequently and there's pushback mm. against that uh where you know it's uh there you know certainly like people are not entitled to know what the inner workings of a project are and also it's just enormously like harmful to and demoralizing to a team to have your work in progress uh stuff like sort of splashed around uh on the internet uh before you're like ready to show it um and i don't know it like for me it it feels like this this conversation ended up being uh in in some ways kind of mistakenly turned into a question about like or or associate with sort of questions around like the rest around journalism and i don't really think they're the same thing i don't think leaks like this are the same thing as like people telling stories about like what's happening within game development but i do think there is i do think there is something to this notion that they are related through the innate and instinctive secrecy of the industry uh, yeah it's interesting i've struggled with this as a reporter myself over the years you'll notice if you look over the breadth of my reporting broadly speaking i basically don't do anything associated with hey this this thing that you don't know about is coming that is mm-hmm. not not my style of reporting in general i have found that to be Broadly distasteful. Um, I also agree the the industry is overly secretive. And like I think two things would be true. The, yeah. the, the industry could be overly secretive and GTA just like vomiting up a bunch of in-development right. footage is not is not progress, is not getting the audience closer to a better understanding of what is it like to make a game. Um, and so I think those like things are happening in parallel and aren't necessarily like answered by like what 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 happened here. Um, and there's that tension between like part of a reporter's job can't or part of a reporter's job can be like to pull back that secrecy, like to to frame and understand. Like, actually, you can see some of this in Jason Schreier's reporting from a Kotaku. He was pretty well known for a while as like, here's a bunch of stuff that's uh, games that are unannounced that are coming out. And then eventually stepped back from that. And I think one of the moments where that sort of happened, I think it was at Kotaku at the time when this happened, was that eventually he just reported Hey, like Fallout 4 is happening. Didn't like spoil a bunch of stuff. With it. it was just like, hey, this game that obvious is happening is happening. And so you can be excited that it's happening. And I think there is something about the way like the the entertainment industry will at least announce like, hey, we're making this thing. We'll let you know when we've delivered it. And in, and in games, it's very much don't say that you've made the thing. Don't say you're making the thing and then try and show it up. And there are legitimate. Re- like, I understand how we arrive at that. But I, I think a lot of that is like kind of that raw tension that that you're alluding to Rob between people who think the industry should show more to the public. But here's the thing. I think if you showed them more, they'd still be assholes. I, like, yes. I don't know. Like, so that that's kind of where I was like, if rockstar chose to take the path that EA is doing with the new skate game, which is like, look, this game looks like ass right now because most games look like ass at this pay at this stage because the art passes are just happening. We're building the blocks of a video game and like the pretty stuff will happen later i think there's it's useful to show audiences that but i don't know necessarily that if all of a sudden the industry went here's everything we're doing we don't end up with a bunch of entitled assholes we would still have them because that and they'd be worse the nature because they think they know more yes yes oh oh you showed us this and then it's not i mean like it's a typical unreal engine bullshit look at this (laughs) (laughs) or just like oh this feature was in the game and now it's not Oh, oh, well, yeah, we fucked it up. Like, what? Well, you know, I mean, like, I just don't. 
it's a lose-lose, frankly. I think there are ways to yeah. be more transparent, honest, show people what it's like to even build the, I mean, I think it's interesting, but also I'm not going to hold anything that I saw from this game against it when it's out in, in two years necessarily right. in the way that fans and fandom, this is not just games. Like you, you see this sort of personal ownership all over the place in modern, yeah. in modern media and modern uh, like fandom communities there. It's, it is the own, the identity ownership people have over stuff these days is a, pro- a problem, which is why, which is why people don't want to show anything. <laughs> Yeah, I guess there was something I think when I, when I think back to the Giga League, actually, one thing I remember is people were saying, oh, it's so like as a game developer, as someone who works in programming or something, the the idea of your uh, commented code going out in the world is also just a yeah. nightmare for a whole bunch yeah. of reasons. But at the same time, I also like when I heard about that, like I was thinking about on the flip side. Commented code is a trove of information about how a project comes together who did what what the thinking was behind the behind the team uh like i mean if you talk about like uh i wrote the part for darius kazimi's book on jagged alliance 2 which is a tactics a, a great all-timer tactics game and like in the code is basically just the design document laid out for like here's how this entire thing is going to work and i think something that like Unless they're in general, I think sometimes you see people do a victory lap uh, at like a GDC or something where they do show a little bit more work in progress. And here's how this came together. And like, you know, and here's some fucked up stuff that happened along the way. (laughs) Pause for laughter. But what we generally like lack much insight into is uh, like the intermediate steps of like turning like you know underwhelming work in progress into something some people really loved uh, or didn't uh you know there's also the survivorship bias in terms of what gets like extensively documented and what does not right like yes yeah, the most successful games that do them that like it all worked uh yeah let us let us let us show you how we got it but, but even then that is a self-selecting bias of what you're going to show people in terms of how you got it like the lack of like insight into the pro- i mean this is stuff that you know, like Danny O'Dwyer has done a really great yeah. job with the the no clip stuff. Is like the embedded development. You know, uh, you know, even even that's gonna miss something because there's only you know that's that's still a documentary making making choices in what they show. But go, you understand how a game is made? Go watch you know the Hades documentary. Like that's yeah. gonna be your best shot at seeing. But it's also a game that was really good and succeeded. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, right. Uh, <laughs> so so right. Like I I think for in 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 a weird way like. I I I came away feeling like uh I understand like why leaks like this are seen as bad and why they're enormously stressful for people working on a game. Yeah, for sure. The thing I can't get with though is that it constitutes a real emergency or like moral transgression. <laughs> like, like I just, I, I don't think this stuff is that big a deal in the scheme of things. It just uh, sucks. Like I, that, that's like, it's bad. It sucks. Yeah. Also, I, 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 I fail to see that it's uh like a five well, alarm. And fire. also it's not like in general, we like, it's not like at the end of this project, we would see, it seems unlikely we would see the sort of intermediate the intermediate steps behind the right. GTA six. Right. So so that's that's the other part of this is uh it like it is a secretive industry. It is an industry that holds its 
not necessarily even failures, but like uh, just things that didn't come together quite as well. So it's failures and like it's it's mediocrities. It's 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 replacement rate outcomes. It holds those secret as well. Uh, people extensively don't get to talk about what they do on their, you know, in their careers, which I think is a huge part of like why do we want to see work in progress stuff? A ton of people. For a ton of people, that is the only evidence that they worked on a game uh, mm-hmm. is stuff that existed before the finished project went out. Either it was cut or like things were you changed. You might not have been in the credits, right? Yeah. Like depending on what the crediting situation at the studio is, uh, you could work on a game for several years. Your feature gets cut. You leave. And also you don't end up in the credits. And like three years of your life are a black box. Right. And like, to be clear, that is not what people who seek leaks like this are doing. Right. They're like, I want right. this out there. for No, these are entitled assholes. Right, exactly. Uh, but at the same time, like I, the 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 where I sort of parted company with 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 game dev Twitter as this all unfolded was like <laughs> there should probably be a lot more stuff like this being put out in the world. Um, I mean, you know, maybe under your control, uh, but there should like there should probably be more of it going out uh, so that people sort of like talk frankly about it. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that happens more in like professional circles. Uh, but, but certainly I, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting and it made me realize, uh, you know, how little of this stuff we, we, we do tend to see. Um, and like, ultimately I am sure there's a, there, there's a lot of gamers who are, yeah, horrible entitled assholes when they see work in progress and they'll start like commenting or critiquing, uh, having zero idea what they are talking about. But in a lot of ways as well, when I saw some of the reaction to like the GTA 6 leak, it basically amounted to, oh man, they're not going to be able to like get their marketing as, you know, as, as that's going to be fine. Plus, this, this, again, this game is so far off. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Kata. Well, it's just kind of speaking to the point of like, um, uh, workers whose work never gets like seen and stuff. Like, I don't know if this is confirmed, but a screenshot I saw when this like first hit was of a you one of the first YouTube videos that was like found had this in the description. Um, and I, I mean, it could just be the the leaker decided to like say this and not it. They aren't actually, but it implies that they were an ex employee, like yeah, purposefully leaking things. Because of the treatment that Rockstar famously has poorly treated their their workers, and like, um, I don't know if you've seen anything else since that. Dropped no, the or- like public commentary from the again, there are multiple people. To, you know, some of it's gotten conflated because there are multiple people claiming ownership. Right, um, right. As this has gotten so so much attention over over the weekend, as far as I know, we don't have any confirmation one way or the other. Like mm-hmm. whether this comes from a uh, you know, a, a, a you know, an employee with legitimate grievances. It's you know, as much as you know, they're you know, there's the reporting that suggested that they have better work conditions. It better could be a relative term, right? <laughs> yeah. And or or better for many people, but not better for this person if that if that is true. But as far as I I, I have seen as of this recording, we don't we don't know much about that. I mean, I will say if this person was if this is true, it would have been useful to ha- have some more. Sp- specifics <laughs> right, you know what right. i mean like if if you're going to like if, like let's let's take it out at face value let's let's assume what they're saying is true they were a poor, poorly treated worker at rockstar um if the point was to set off a bomb to gain a bunch of attention which this was was going to get this is one of the most anticipated right. games on the planet um is going to sell 100 million copies yeah. over the course of its lifetime uh 
you know, I don't know, you know, just saying, fuck these guys for the way you treated me. Like they're, you know, uh, right. again, I can't speak to their personal, you know, I, I don't know the story. I mean, and I'm just assuming it's true, but they're more, they're more effective. ineffective way to, like, <laughs> yeah, you're not, nothing's going like, to change. Nothing's going to change. Because there's, like, there's something genuinely not going to harm them. No, but it says something right. that people believe it would. Like, even like you were talking about people in the, like in the comments are yeah. being like, Oh no, their marketing is fucked. Like, ah, like people, there is this idea that getting early looks and like ruining the quote unquote surprise can actually affect some yeah. sort of bottom line for the company, which it probably won't. But like there is the sense that it could, which is which is why I think it's possible that an employee who like thinks that this might cause some sort of or like, you know, there is that thing about yeah. people complaining about like the way things look because it's early and like maybe that being trying to get some of that but like that never reaches execs right like that ends up reaching like people who are on the social media teams and stuff like that so that's also yeah, kind of yeah, like it hurts, a the, it hurts the people shot. that worked yeah, on those, that's that work that is out there mess. i mean that's 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 where i have like yeah, yeah. that's right you know uh, my my empathy aligns is is yeah it stinks to have the the the, the industry could be more transparent and also you know, I don't publish drafts of my writing. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. It goes through a process. There yeah, is right. there there is something about like when you work on something creative, you want to put your best foot forward. You want to present the thing that you're the product that you're you know, flaws and all, you're you're proud of or you're ready to, to put out there and have people look at. And that's where I mean, frankly, that's frequently why I I like personally have not engaged in the reporting of like here are things that you don't know about that are coming out because I don't know, like I can do all the the reporting stuff later. Like I, as someone that likes to publish on a piece that I'm proud of, I also understand why putting your best foot forward in terms of like, here's the pitch on our game uh, is very important to a lot of people. And that I don't think this has broad impacts on the future of GTA six. Um, but I understand why it like made a bunch of people, if they work on that team, feel, feel kind of bummed out for, <laughs> for a couple of days before the, before the world moves on. I mean, I do think like I, Where where I see like the industry secrecy by and large, what it what it effectively does mask is contribution and mm-hmm. uh like internal culture, internal behavior. And that's not addressed through leaks, right? And so that like, you know, you you got someone who was like, you know, fuck you guys. Like the the way this 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 comment that uh you know Kata posted is you deserve to crash and burn. This is not going to do that. Right. So like this is like the the sort of league is not going to to have that effect. It's a it's an a irritant. But I do it also think has we, no internal documents, right? It's just the game, right? There right. are that right. Was, there, like so part of it was interesting about the Giga Leak, and, and maybe there are these other documents. I know they're like the you know the leaker is taking requests, but it's like I don't know. Is there like an HR policy email? You know, you know right. what I mean? Like it's like it's like seeing yeah. like unfinished gun like shooting out the side of a car sequences in gca 6 uh isn't illustrating any of the ills of of the company it's just showing a game that's not not finished right yet. so uh i mean obviously you know if, if the, you know again if we assume it's true that this person was treated poorly like like you're what you're one person you're doing a scary thing like of course it's going to be messy but um compared to like a WikiLeaks or something where there's like a trove of information that people can then extract meaningful information even if you're gonna like the giga leak was like completely uncontrolled right like it was just it was essentially they pulled out a bunch of stuff off of a server from from nintendo and just blasted it blasted it out there and people kind of picked up the pieces and 
and built their own narratives out of it. There's, there's very, you really can't do that here. It's just mm-hmm. people putting together, uh, like the most I've seen is, is not about what is the culture <laughs> at Rockstar. It's, I think we figured out the Instagram account of the voice actor who's doing the lead character in GTA <laughs> 6. Uh, remind me, in the Giga Leak, it was all historical document, right? Like there was no like current development happening. Like, I believe it went up to as far as like the Wii U. Um, okay, and I think right. there was some Switch stuff there. Um, it's been a while since I've refreshed myself on all of that, but it, it was nothing, it was nothing forward fit, right? Like, right. right. <laughs> there's the, the long rumored Metroid Prime remaster was not <laughs> like referenced there. It was, it was broadly speaking, uh, like a bunch of interesting historical documents. Right. Like, which I think uh, does make a, uh, th- like, it does kind of make a difference to like the impact that it'll have on, current employees especially like this sort of if this sort of leak happens like years after gta 6 it's like an interesting side note of like oh look at how this came to be or whatever right but it happening ahead of time causes this whole rigmarole of people setting up expectations and like blasting them at current employees and like well it's history is in progress with right. making gta 6 was so interesting with the giga leak was it's just history you're mm-hmm. having a better understanding of what came before and why and i think there's real worth in seeing like extremely raw versions of like, yeah, you know, Rob, you mentioned, I think like coders be having anxiety over their like notes. I, I get it. Like on a human level, I understand, but I'm sorry if you worked at some of the most important stuff in like video game history, I want to see the raw shit. <laughs> like I want to see how we got there because you've become part of history. And I think it's, it's especially when you have, you know, companies like Rockstar is like this uh, in, in Nintendo in which they don't want to talk about the process. They just want to show you the thing they made yeah. as like they as, as though it appears out of nowhere. Um, obviously, Nintendo Rockstar make very different styles of games, but it's a similar sort of look at this beautiful thing we made. It was always this beautiful, and now it's yours. Uh, and it's like no, no, like you had fights, you had struggles, there were ups and downs, just like just like any other uh, creative process. So, uh, yeah, I think that yeah, I think you're right, Kato. Like that's one of the big big differences is Nintendo stuff was in the largely in the past, and and this is things people are doing right now. I think that's why it stings harder. Yeah. Also, Nintendo didn't take any of it down. Right. No copyright strikes, right. which was like really fascinating. I was looking and, um, back through like some chats that had posted some of the like videos and stuff and like things that are being hosted elsewhere already, you know, got hit by take two and stuff. Like, oh, everything's gone. Everything's gone. been wiped. I mean, yeah. you know, you look, you know, <laughs> you know, they can't get every tweet that goes out, but like the original video, like I was reading a Kotaku post for to brush, uh, up on this for this and like every video they link to yeah. no long no longer gone worked which makes sense it, it, it they are you know for an, an upcoming thing that is unfinished of course you're going to try and squish that stuff from the internet but for as controlling as nintendo is i've always found it fascinating that they sort of just pretended it didn't happen yeah. um and and just moved on from it and they're not always so chill about things. So yeah, it, it was like <laughs> no, they're the it, opposite of legally chill. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, it was very odd that they that, like that 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 type of breach that that type of like right. Nintendo product going out in the world didn't raise the flag. Didn't didn't raise hackles. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so now that, part of that might be because they were in active litigation and right. uh, and. You know, trying to send someone to jail. <laughs> so I don't know if that like changes the equation. I've I, I don't know, right. but it is true that it was a <laughs> Just, yeah, it was a it was a stickier situation uh, legally speaking, uh, at least. So uh, anyway, so yeah, it's um, it was it was it was an odd thing uh, to see that like 
breakout of the world. It was it was sort of in, instructive seeing seeing some of the reactions to it. Uh, but but yeah, the, the conversation ended up like moving along a few different lines, and ultimately, uh, I think what I guess what, what one thing that was so striking is. Man, a work in progress GTA looks a lot like old GTAs just used to be when you bought yep. them at retail. It's like yep. it's like, oh wow, that's like GTA like three levels of uh you know uh, of design in, in in some ways. Um but yeah, it was it, it was an odd thing. Uh and certainly, you know, probably what it has the the biggest ramifications for are I imagine internal like operational security at Rockstar is going to be really annoying oh, yeah. for the rest of this development. Well, uh, it's a, you know then it'd be, you know we can't know who this per- we don't know who this person is right like claim to be someone also you know putting in the YouTube video saying I'm a worker that's been treated poorly but also I just hacked Uber those are like some pretty competing narratives <laughs> in terms of what the what's going on in here which that gives me pause on yeah what yeah. the motivations yeah. are because it's it's very easy to imagine uh a chaos agent writing a line like that to garner sympathy right um from an audience while they're just mostly just bomb. yeah yeah mo- while they're mostly just being a, a a jerk um um you know what in gta 6 getting out here data mine source code all you know all, all these in development images silent hill fans could be so lucky they would love to have <laughs> Please oh breach the gates oh of Konami. T- tell us yeah. what's going on. <laughs> we need the news. Nope, you get Suikoden updates. Actually, those games look pretty sick. I never played Suikoden. In- They're good, supposedly. I always wanted to. People talk about yeah, them. Two especially. Two especially. Mm-hmm. Suikoden fans of the world, write in. Let us know. <laughs> what are your excitement levels at? Uh, so... I think a lot of people's excitement levels for Fortnite are just through the roof. Oh Fortnite, God. game of the season, game of the moment. <laughs> okay. Is this, are you speaking for uh, yeah. gamers or Rob the Gamer? Uh, it, it is. Did you do it? Did you do it? Absolutely. Did you do it? Did. How much money did you need how much to did spend? It, yeah, how much does shit cost? <laughs> oh, I earned. Uh-uh. Look, earned okay. It. But but there was, a, there was money spent. At least you bought the... You had to buy the battle pass in order to be able to unlock some of those things. Did you buy yep. any levels? Long pause. He did. <laughs> also, I'm going to share a pri- I'm going to share a private message from one Natalie Watson. I saw in her Instagram stories. This is her public account, and it's you know I saw Vader. Yes, yeah. I saw. I I messaged her and said, "Hey, congrats." You know, she wrote back to me. Rob was right. They can't tell if you bought it. <laughs> Shit, I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm a leaker now. <laughs> oh my god. Uh so I yeah, I uh I basically turned into a little Fortnite fiend. Yeah. Uh like from the time our stream ended. Uh yeah, I you were was... ready to go for seven more hours if uh you didn't have to like walk your dog. You were you were not ready for that stream to end. No, I was <laughs> like well, and the levels were just like falling from it was like yeah. the battle stars, the levels, all of it was just like showering. Uh, my character it's it's one of the wildest battle pass things that i've seen like normally this is not how they work but because of the way that they like structure their quests it's honestly easier to like 
power level basically at the end of the season once all the quests are like available Boy, and you're just like it starts yeah it starts is that evident levels. from my experience playing Fortnite yesterday <laughs> yeah. with the new battle pass uh i got the wrong impression of what how this economy felt where i was like i can see why it's so addictive because like i was like every t- single yeah. time i played a match it's like you want 20 battle stars and like 10 levels and i was like absolutely they're sure. like you did all this stuff congratulations you completed quests and i was like i did i didn't even know those requests and it was like <laughs> yeah you shot a guy in you know uh asshole acres yes. or whatever <laughs> and and i'm like that was a quest and they're like sure was <laughs> and there you go uh get get more levels so it was i was like leveling extremely fast uh i did sort of do the math at a certain point where i was like maybe i will get the vader under the wire but it, boy i just don't want to do this any like i like i played i played a lot of four in the last couple of days mm. i'm ready to just like make sure this thing's locked down so i did uh I did I did buy some levels, got my Vader. Um nice. and a whole bunch of other shit. because uh, you know, to buy the levels you get the stars and then you got nothing else to spend it on, but Just the other put stuff it in, back in the, into battle, the pass. battle pass. Make sure to yeah. get the V Bucks that are in the battle pass. They're so clever though. It's like the thing you want is the battle the battle pass page ten thing yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone else is like, and here's some of our original characters, and I'm like, who? Who, who are you? Eh. Are you? Are you? Are, are, are you a Marvel? Are you a Marvel guy? You look kind of Marvely, but you're. But I don't think so. No. I don't think you're a Marvel guy. Adjacent. I think you're just a guy. <laughs> you just a just a dude. Yeah. Uh, and so this of- month, I'm like, well, I'm gonna get me that Spider Gwen from. Oh hell yeah! Into the, yeah, no, oh, yeah. absolutely. Abs- I'm getting one of the new ones. Yeah, that's the that's the new like uh the she she's the end character uh in this battle pass the Spider Gwen from uh you know into the multiverse um so that that's the and and in between there and then there's a whole bunch of characters I was like eh, eh. I don't really give a shit but sure did you get the uh, indie I did uh I did have to like uh like pretty late in the ball game I was like hey Natalie um can you just log in and like drive a car while I shoot people from it? And like, <laughs> God bless her. She did. Oh, uh, that one was the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, they were like, you have to shoot people from, a, from a vehicle or while on top of a vehicle, but all the smaller vehicles aren't really places you can stand. You no. can't like stand on the top of a boat and like shoot at people. So, uh, well, you can, I, I, you just have to switch seats. I so, kept, yeah, I kept sliding off. No, I mean like also the beached. boats. Also the boats have fucking missiles on them. That's, that's how true. I. That's how I finished that one. Was yeah. like it was just flo- floating around, and every time I, would I see suspect someone- I had more fun, uh, <laughs> just rolling around in a variety of cars with Natalie driving yes. and me yes. just like blazing away. Uh, Absolutely, you know from from the door. But I got both the both the Indiana Joneses. Nice. Uh, and yeah, I mean like. It is Fortnite no build. Uh it's it's fun. It it feels really, really good. The it started to really hit me this this game this like last weekend. Um it's like the perfect size inventory. Like right. to give you a really good menu of options, but not all the options you want. Like you were always leaving something behind yes. that you would really like to have for that final like clutch. 
in you know in in, in like the, the 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 later circles uh in the game and it's, 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 it's really well tuned around that and it's just like it's all they're all interchangeable slots which is really interesting right like usually in these games you have like uh yes. long long gun slots short gun slots uh and then your backpack for other items and this is like no you have five and it can be anything you want right and, like you, so, and i like that so much yeah. more i really do like uh you know i like i like hunt i have fun playing hunt but like it's always there's just a bunch of stuff in your kit that's not fun to use it's just like totally utilitarian right uh and there's like it's tuned very specifically right like, yeah exactly exactly but yeah fortnite it's like uh you can you could just use all your slots on yeah. the different guns yeah, you want, uh, well, and, what, and what's distance and just like fuck uh, healing ever? Fuck it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just wait till you find a, a keg and then you, yeah. you jug. <laughs> uh, but like, th- this is something that you know, I've experienced this more with Splatoon three because I played more of that than I have of, of Fortnite beyond the the stream witches. But those are both games that are really extraordinarily good at making loss frictionless and right. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, we haven't put a ton. Well, I guess. Rob has been putting all the hours into Fortnite, but you know, like it's, it's one in which we got that. We you know we ate shit uh, so many times on that stream yeah. and not once was I mad. No, like it was always Damn, we were fun so or interesting or yeah. Like, and there's something about, and this is really tied up into the IP flushing that is like occurring. In, like there is something, this is all, I mean, it's all a part of it, but there is something about seeing, Goku out there <laughs> holding up or any other character like doing the, the 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 come on come on I gotta come on come on come on come on like doing that and Excuse me. but there's just something about like seeing that spectacle yeah. while also someone's carrying a lightsaber that's just like how can I be mad if I get completely <laughs> shot up by this squad this is like there it's 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 something really interesting about the the gunplay the movement all feeling pretty top notch. I don't know how people feel about it, you know, relative to an Apex Legends or a Valorant, right? But they're operating in different spaces. Yeah. But it feels good enough that you never feel like the game is the reason you lost. Like the mechanics feel extremely solid, but it just has this lightness to it that I didn't feel a present in the building mode, right? Like I found the building to be stressful and uh, like, yeah, some of that was my inability to really grok it and be good at it. But there was like, the skill floor was so yeah. much higher in original Fortnite, and there's something about the skill floor being so much lower here, and also just the, the mashup of IPs that just I don't know, it just makes it a delight to just be it's just fun. Like and even when all the casino stuff is happening around you with the like uh, yeah, I am being psychologically exploited <laughs> by this UI. And you know what? I fucking love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I going kind of. I was just going to say, like, did you see the new stuff for this season? Speaking of IP. Chrome goo? They just like, Who? they're like, oh, hey, bi- hey, Splatoon is happening. How can we capitalize on the fact that Splatoon is happening right now? We put the like ink, like, you know, when you like turn into a squid in Splatoon and go into the uh-huh. ink. That's basically a power in Fortnite now. You oh, turn yeah? into some fucking goo. You turn into a blob and like move across the floor. <laughs> Well, also, I, I do think I do think it was funny that in the battle pass, the end of the battle pass, the bonus levels were these like steel statues of the characters in the battle pass. And I was like, that's weird. Like normal, like 
you get like little statue versions of these characters and then it turns out like that's what it looks like when a character gets like chromified yeah in yeah, the chrome like, slime that's just the chrome that is just you get to look like that forever yeah you're, that's how people know that you're you got all the way through the battle pass is that you're bling <laughs> you are just yep. gold and chrome <laughs> but no I'm i'm with you patrick like i think about it's it's not that long a time investment, I think, is part of it. Um yes. and there's enough randomness. But it's long just- enough to get to get weight to it, right? Like mm-hmm. Splatoon, this doesn't happen, right? Splatoon is a timed, quick, in your out. There's no sense of stakes. Like there are in like the last 30 seconds when it's like, hey, we can make a fucking yeah. push. Like you know, but you also don't like whereas Fortnite is you kill the person, they're gone. They're off the map. You know what I mean? Uh, in Splatoon, it's like arbitrarily, I don't know. Did we put enough ink? That's a math problem that we're not going to know fully until the end. But there's just never enough time for it to have gravitas. And like Fortnite yeah. is just long enough to have that, but not long enough that like in a PUBG, in my experience yes. with that, as much as I enjoy, it must have, as much as I enjoy, I enjoy like the defeat, that your heart being stomped. Like I did like that's part of the fun of that. I think Fortnite feels it's different. It could be a like, long yeah, investment in PUBG if you like were making it to the fu- like to the end game. Yeah. And like it yeah. was a lot of stress. And just to be sniped, you know, 100 <laughs> yards away by someone you couldn't see. Right. And I, and I think and, and to, like I don't think that's necessarily a knock against PUBG. No, like I think the, just the stress and like PUBG is in a lot of ways is a game of like apparent emptiness and the suspense mm-hmm. of like, I know there's people on this. Like, I know there's people out here. Like, I can see like the ground I have to cover. I know there's people in there and I just I need to be on my guard. Here's here's all the threats there could be. Fortnite one. It's just not that big a world. Um, You know, two. Yeah, there's enough randomness. That, like, you just be bopping along like I'm on a really good run. Somebody spots you. You know, you have a really quick engagement. You're out, and you're in the next game like within a minute. It's it, it's nothing. I guess the only um, I guess the only things it's not even I get I'm mad about it. It's when um, I do tend to like get a little bit bummed when I'm really close in Fortnite, and I just feel like I did the wrong thing. I know I did the wrong thing. Like key moment that sticks with me a little bit, but not necessarily in that same like ah, you know, I I am crushed by that. It's more like. Okay, I need to I need to like not make some of those decisions uh mm-hmm. in the future. Uh but yeah, I'm I you know, who knows? I'm early in my journey. It's possible in like <laughs> a week or so I will be fully toxic. Um, <laughs> you know, just absolutely cursing, swearing on comms. Uh did you not hear me say push? <laughs> did you not did you not hear me give the call? Okay. Ready up, fine. Whatever. Ready? I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. But maybe, but it, like right now, I'm just like, <laughs> let's let's go. I haven't seen this part of the world. Let's go like see what's going on in there and do some quests. And I think that might be the other part is a lot yeah, of people are playing yeah. Fortnite not to win Fortnite. They are right. there to execute other win conditions for them. And it's, and it's interesting how that doesn't undermine the core experience, right? Like mm-hmm. you can be there for the dubs. And maybe the dubs come along the way, but like, yeah, there's something about that, m- the the moment to moment experience. Like when we went to the rave cave, and yeah. it's like we spent <laughs> ten minutes there, I never engaging with any enemies. For five minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
the fact that you can actually get through that and then still continue playing the game is very fun, right? Like, right. It's because like, like, ah, shit, they, get in a boat. They like recognize that those early circles, especially if they're long enough, like there's a lot of downtime. And like, if people are just gonna be waiting to ride the edge of the circle instead of going towards the center, you can fill that space with something, right? And so like, you know, they built all the like random shit that you can interact with. They built we, all these quests, like they filled We had a space. weird scrappy little gunfight and then died because after winning our scrappy little gunfight, we decided to go dirt track racing. <laughs> God, that was so good. That was great. That was, that was great. And then we had a whole little mini game of like can Patrick, can Patrick in, in his us. stolen truck res the entire team the answer was almost the answer was almost that was beautiful beautiful uh yeah it was it was great so uh fortnite it's good all in (laughs) it's all in on fortnite (laughs) absolutely uh and with and with that and with that breaking news we're gonna take a quick break When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. So I did find time for other games uh, this weekend. I was playing a bit of Diofield Chronicle. Did you have to think about it before you said it? I did. And I'm still not (laughs) sure. It doesn't feel right. So I, I will say, say Dio Field, yeah. but the, I will say Kato. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that the whole game is about, like people are using modern magic, and the source for the special jade that powers modern magic in this fantasy world is the continent of Dio Field. It does feel like maybe you know, Dio Diode modern magic is basically stand in for hmm. uh, you know modern technologies kind of not really i was thinking like dio like deo like closer like god like god yeah 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 i don't know uh well and the other thing is like people haven't used the word that much in (laughs) like maybe they use it in the opening cutscenes, but like people in for the most the for the rest of this game it's not people are like ah another beautiful day in dio field the continent that we call home (laughs) yeah Uh, no you're right yeah there's just the opening cutscene where it's probably said and then after that uh yeah, no one's remarking on the beautiful mountains of of Dialfield. <laughs> so, I was kind of stoked on this because it it looked kind of like a um like a Wego turn based game almost, where like you draw up like the the game plan for your turns, and then like when the clock runs, they start going through their motions. Because uh, that's that's what this is. This is a, this is a party based tactical RPG, uh, where it is you know they call it sort of a real time strategy game. And it, it kind of unfolds that way, but it's it's pausable real time. And it is in the pause menu that you give orders to your units. And because facing is really important and like ranges are really important. This is game about like micromanaging the positioning of your units and setting them up in relation to each other and the enemies. 
but the theoretically the wrinkle is because the battlefield is always in motion it requires a little bit more finesse to like arrange things like flanks or setting up like good firing positions for ranged units in theory in practice i think it's pretty straightforward like it's, it's a it's a like it's it's a fun gimmick it's kind of a different feel but if you're coming to this expecting like something in like the frozen uh synapse or like uh frozen end zone uh like type mold that's that's really not what's going on this is not like you are planning out your move and mm. watching it go you can always just cancel somebody's orders and say like no go right go left uh so there's there's nothing stopping you there but to give you a bit more setup than that uh beyond like the tactics layer i will say like it reminds me a lot of extremely bad vibes uh fire emblem three kingdoms <laughs> like what if what if all the characters you played as and had and and like had joining your crew what if you got a bad feeling about every single one of them uh and it just seems like a world full of bastards and it might be that your your team ostensibly the good guys but i'm not entirely convinced that your primary player character might not be like end up being like a villain in this game uh but but the idea it, it sort of opens also like there's a lot of history that is referred to that you do not see uh so like Weirdly enough. Well, until you unlock the library, Rob. Oh, I got the library. <laughs> the library has a lot of, like, a lot of info. I did not Tons. read any of it. I opened that library because the quest line told me to open it, and I turned around and wa- walked away. Well, Patrick, uh, I think you would be, like, the main page of the library has a, basically a, um like, like, a red thread diagram of the relations that are currently ongoing in the Ooh. game of like these people are aligned with these people and they're at war with these people but also these people are coming in as a third faction is and, any of this explained in the game or given any sort of weight or well, context so this is the thing it hasn't happened yet like <laughs> this is kind of the weird thing about like i watched the trailer for this the, uh-huh. the setup in the trailer is uh the peaceful continent of diofield home to a precious resource but uh-oh the evil mainlanders with all their imperialism are coming in to steal the precious crystals that Diofield uh, is home to. What I have played so far is you you, you play this character Rias and you got a buddy Frederick Frederick Dude, I don't I don't know either. He's got a weird little <laughs> like you're you're your the characters kind, are pa- like extremely paper thin in terms of like personality and characterization. I, I will just upside. say this: I get a strong berserk, uh, the Golden Age vibe from mm. who you are and what you are doing. So basically, you and your little buddy in the in the opening cutscene of the game rescued the prince of the kingdom from an attempt assassination attempt, but you rescued him for like five minutes, mm. and then he died to an assassin who showed up later after your <laughs> rescue. So it was like you got like 50% through the rescue, and then you failed the escort mission. Oh uh, my God. But before, ambiguously, before he dies, he's like, I entrust the future of this kingdom to you. But nobody knows who you guys are. Also, by the way, uh, they they call out the fact that the king, his hand was limp, but it bore the mark of the rulers of this family. 
uh, the rulers of this kingdom. Dude looked like he had magical leprosy. It's not like oh, no. this fucking weird glowing shit like breaking through his skin. Yeah, why do you have this like Lovecraftian cosmic energy coming off of your fingers? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, get that uh, checked this, out. Like this looks like lesions, dude. This doesn't look good. Uh, but anyway, so flash forward. These two characters that you met in the intro that like rescued this prince, they're just working as mercenaries, um, and. They join up with this crew of mercenaries to like sort of gain influence within the kingdom because that is like its only credible military force are like these bands of nobility funded mercenary houses and you do little missions. Uh, that's that's kind of the structure. Uh, but also the kingdom, the kingdom kind of sucks. Like uh, one of the first sort of questions you you hit is uh, a, a noble, a noble is running a sex trafficking operation mm. and you have to pull a lot of strings to sort of uh leave him vulnerable so you can go beat the shit out of him uh and it's all very uh it i will i will not say it is not a particularly thoughtful or insightful arc that you go through where it's like um this bad this bad duke is is abducting maidens from the village we must rescue them and that's it that's that's the whole that that's the whole point and you rescue them by just beating the shit out of tons of people mm-hmm. um but yeah, like your character seems like a a character driven by like pure ambition. Uh and then you one of the first friends you make is this like woman from a noble house who has no apparent background but seems to have like tons of magical powers and well she can heal, her- which is very useful. So yeah, gotta keep her around. Weird that her whole family's house was like oh, her family's estate was like overrun by the undead, and it's like where's we're your not family? talking. We're not talking about that, Rob. I don't know. Don't worry. Don't don't the undead are here. <laughs> That's just a. Don't worry about it. Just move on to the next mission. Yeah. We, so we, like we don't want to. <laughs> we're not going to discuss what just occurred. So yeah, my impression so far of, uh, of Diofield uh, Chronicle is, I am I'm not certain yet. We play the good guys. Uh, it has. <laughs> dubious vibes for a lot of the main characters uh patrick you played a bit as well right how are you getting on did, did you make it as far as the like first boss which yeah. are like these two towering dudes so i will say um i, I like the setting the characters, the storytelling is like doing apps you know wandering around this like hogwarts ripoff castle um uh <laughs> just it's just like not doing anything for me like it is it is it is you know, it is flirting with like things you'll see in Fire Emblem, but without any of the systems that make that interesting or the personality to make that like worthwhile. Like, I don't there are no characters that I'm like, I need to kiss you or they need to kiss. Uh, so it has like a little bit of that. And it's just it's all very I don't know. It's just a, the game is going to live and die on how much is this combat going to be compelling. And I will say, like, the basic structure of it is I find it really interesting. The difficulty really needs to ramp up. Like you're just rolling over. That is everybody. the problem again. Right. Where I'm like, I'm just blowing these people apart. Right. Um, I need to see if I can. I was trying to give that. I was like, can I give this game three or four hours and then maybe it'll naturally come up or do I need to go in and change the difficulty? I don't know if you can do that mid game. I need to look, but in one of the first major sequences you have against like someone who is not just some thieves that you are, just beating the shit out of uh, are these big, these two towering uh, characters. Uh, they're kind of like 
I don't know, two, two big bowling balls, but like they walk, they're very slow. And there's two of them and they engage in a lot of area of effect and directional attacks that are on uh, a counter. Uh, so basically you'll see like a circle appear around them or uh, they'll be kind of like something shooting forward or out from them that uh, su- like suggests in three seconds, like that's going to be a bad place to be uh, if your, your character is there. And so it was one of the first sequences where, no, I didn't sweat my characters actually dying, but it was the first time where I was doing an incredible amount of, like, micromanaging yeah. of the characters, where the these these boss characters have multiple layers of health, and so uh, you are uh, – they, they, they don't react to – like, like – many boss characters in a JRPG, like suddenly you're like useful things like stun and poison don't do anything to them. So it's a lot of like a long slog uh, where you are like using uh, like this one character on a horse to who has the most health and uh, using that to bait uh, one of the bosses to look forward while you like sneak up your assassin's character from behind, get like bonus ambush points and then also execute a special attack. But then two seconds later, that other boss is like doing an area, you know, an AOE attack that engulfs three of them. And one of the neat things about the movement mechanics here are is is not just uh, purely, you know, go from here to to here. You can do waypoints, so you can like set two or three stops along their way. So maybe you defeated an enemy and they dropped like some health icons. Like okay, we'll go pick those up, then like loop around. Um, or you know, you're you're using one enemy to bait that first one. But then while you're simultaneously, you've set, you know, three waypoints to send, you know, like your magic user around the back. And again, I didn't come anywhere close to, you know, one of the like bonus win conditions is like, don't let anyone faint. It's like, we're not like, we're not even getting close to the health bar being extinguished. But that was like mentally interesting. And like, I, I wanted more of that. I, you know, I have not encountered it in the four ish hours that, that I have played. That was like the most interesting. Yeah. Like, it, I was about to hit a point where like, maybe this is not for me. You know, I don't play that many tactics games. Am I going to spend my time playing this one? Then I had that boss fight. I was like, hmm, all right. Like this could be cool. um, But I just don't know if the game is going to have enough scenarios to, to justify, you know, which is probably a very long game. I have, you know, none of these games are are short. That reminds me of um, the part of the tactic stuff that does like, one of the main things that that's going on is like if an enemy is engaged with one character, if another character slips around behind them because attacking them from like behind, they start doing extra damage. It's an ambush attack. Uh, your assassin character has like some super abilities, uh, re- like special abilities related to that. Uh, they really get amped up if they're doing a, a, a sort of back attack. Uh, but that 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 part's like pretty straightforward. I don't think it's like terribly interesting, um, or even that satisfying to pull off because like it's it's just so trivial to do. Uh, especially because there's like no zone of control stuff that you have to worry about. Like your characters, if there's two characters engaged from the front, you just have one of them like, hey, walk around behind this guy and beat the shit out of him. And there's yeah. nothing in the game that makes that sort of movement in close quarters combat like difficult. Uh, but the thing that does that I'm sort of vibing with is how much of this is about crowd control and positioning uh to like make sure that you are maximizing effects so like for instance uh yeah uh frederick the 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 cavalry guy uh he has the ability to like solo charge his horse which is useful for him sort of zipping around and changing position fast but characters also have these things called formations which are like you know they're a bit like like supers 
uh, that also sort of imply you're working again, like as part of a larger military band. So this time, uh, like Frederick can lead a cavalry charge with like a band of cavalry. And that everything in front of that charge sort of collects on the front of it like it's a snowplow and gets deposited wherever the charge sort of lets off. And so now you take a whole bunch of enemies that are spread out, charge through that space, and now they're all gathered up in a bunch. And so now you can hit them with AOEs or you can hit them with a lot of characters who basically have specials that operate like like beams almost. Um, like like shooting along a narrow a, a narrow but long line uh, so it's really useful to sort of look for ways to collect these widely separated groups of enemies into a big pile and just uh like nuke the shit out of them i do but i do think patrick one thing that i think is making this kind of trivially easy trivially easy is there's no friendly fire really the mm-hmm. only times i run into trouble is when an environmental hazard like an explosive keg it like goes off um and like i just didn't notice that my characters were standing close to it um but yeah the like the fact that i can always call in uh a super ability like a meteor strike on top of my guys yeah i don't even know why they let you they let you call in these like traditional final fantasy summons like bahamut and it's just uh so you just save that to the end of the you know what is you know at the end of a mission we're like oh they're gonna throw all the enemies at me cool well i'll just bait them out with the cavalry frederick and then hit them with the <laughs> literal literal laser blast from heaven um <laughs> and uh watch them get nuked for 800 hp because it's fun to throw a dragon at a big problem <laughs> it is and, and and but i just it's especially because the setting the writing like because all of that is falling so extraordinarily flat so much then rests on what is happening right in the tactics layer. And although I can sit here and tell you what I think is interesting about it, my worry is that practically speaking, like out there on the battlefield, it's more academic than it is yeah. in in practice. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I think certainly like um, actually the threat of dying would, would make that a little more interesting, but I, you know, you might be a little further than me, Rob. Like, there's nothing about the scenarios so far that suggests like the level design or the encounter layouts are like pulling it. Like, it would purely just be I'm making less HP for yeah. me and more HP for them. I don't know so far what's suggested to me is like a really interesting strategy game outside of some core cool ideas that that could be something, but I I don't know if there's something here there's a real lack of interesting like terrain that you fight over uh basically like the the way the maps unfold is you just sort of run through connected rooms and fight the guys in those rooms and then move on to the next uh and there's no elevation or anything like that as far as i can tell so far no so a lot of the fights have a real same equality uh to them especially in the level you'll encounter a lot of the same enemy archetype um which yeah, I think is is a problem for this. I like the other game that I might draw in for comparison here is like Valkyria Chronicles has really memorable maps uh, mm-hmm. and really like memorable challenges you face there uh, where, oh, yeah, this is the one like if this this machine gun nest is set up and it's hard to 
hard to clear but if you go around it there's you know you know you'll you run into a tank uh that is controlling the other streets how do you how do you like push both objectives uh and that's that sort of thing you have to wrestle with and sort of figure out what the 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 scenario is like pushing you to figure out uh so far dial field it is just like i don't know get in there and fuck them up do you have do you have magic points do you have the end of mana ep whatever we're calling it uh drop a dragon on them that'll that'll soften them up and sure sure enough it does but yeah there's there's not a ton of uh there's not a ton of nuance to how you're like leading your squad or or what it's asking you to do so uh yeah i'm hoping right now it's kind of boring um and it's interesting enough that has potential but i need to see like fairly soon right ideally better levels well no, ideally both better levels and a better story uh because mm-hmm. right now i feel like not like there's a lot of like plot happening and yet nothing is happening like yeah. nothing interesting is happening in this world and that's kind of the kiss of death uh right now um so that's that's Diofield Chronicles so far, uh, but you know, I we I've even gotten to the part where the colonial powers are invading to get our precious jade. So mm. you <laughs> know, gotta fight them off. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, but it's a, I'm I'm currently it, it is a decent. There's there's something to be said that like I would stand by all the criticisms I made of the game so far. At the same time, it is sort of a perfect Steam Decky game, which is like I don't know. Do, do I, like the missions are extremely short, right? So what, like one of the are you uh, playing on the Steam Deck? I'm stuck on the Steam Deck because it doesn't have cloud save support on the PC, and I, I don't <laughs> oh, know. No. I don't know where the directory is to, and I, I didn't want to deal with like yeah. copying and pasting. So I just, I was, you know, maybe that'll get patched in. Maybe that's patched in, you know, when this when this launches. But I I had a moment where, uh, like the actual waypointing, I was like, this might feel better. It doesn't feel terrible on a controller. It's fine because everything's paused. I was like. This might feel like pretty decent on a, a keyboard or mouse. Like maybe I'll, you know, kids are asleep. I'll go down. No, it doesn't feel okay. All right. I mean, it's probably designed for a, you know, a controller. So that, that doesn't. Maybe I can remap me. it, but there's a lot of awkward, classically awkward, like navigating menus sucks in this game because mm. it's like use Z and X as the bumpers. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And it's like, that doesn't feel good. Uh, and it's like, can't I just click? And the answer is no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about that sounds about right. Uh, but the, the the missions are extremely short. Like the one of the, the goals on a lot of them, like beat it in four minutes, to, to, which goes to show you like just how snappy uh, a lot of these fights are. And so there could be something to be said that maybe that like having a a pushover strategy game that occasionally asks me to yeah. think, but otherwise I kind of turn my brain off on uh, might not be. That's not necessarily the highest compliment, but, uh, it, you know, it might work um, for, for, for those purposes. Uh, but I, I truly don't want to talk to any of the characters. So that's a that's, <laughs> that is a problem. This- and I don't want to read the live. I don't want to read the library either. Like, hey, game, if you're not interested in forwarding any of this information, then wh- why do why do I got to read to make the context of these events seem important? <laughs> Did this game kind of come out of nowhere or did i miss an announcement for this it feels like it was announced it was announced earlier this year um and uh it had a demo 
uh, some weeks or, or months back where, you know, Square has done this really smart thing where they've the video game demo, which used to be very right. common and now is right. less so. Um, but they've continually done a very smart thing where they release demos and then allow you to keep your save data and put it into uh, the, the, right. the full game. Um, and yeah, I mean, this game, even by Square giving an awkward name to a, a game that was just announced standards like this one is pretty I mean, the Dial Field Chronicle, like that implies that we've been, we as a society of gamers have been <laughs> just mired in the Dial Field universe where I need to know the chron- the chronic the Chronicle sounds like a prequel. Like, oh, finally, what happened? Well, Out like, on the it, dial who's field. Dial Field? Imagine my surprise when it turned out it was where is Dial where? Field? Where is Dial Field? <laughs> uh, so, also, yeah, just I, by the way, Cotton in the Dial Field. And it has exciting regions like Southfield, Westfield, <laughs> Eastfield. Oh yeah, it's fields all the way down. They got all the we got all the fields on Dial Field. <laughs> An ocean of fields. <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll probably give it a little more time, but yeah. I, I think I'm with you. I well, uh, the the, tra- the trailer made the combat seem more engaging than I'm finding it in in practice. But you know, as far yeah. as far as a my kids are watching. Gabby's Dollhouse on Netflix for the 800th time. Could I do three of these matches and click through the dialogue? That might be all right. Yeah, yeah, that's about where I'm at. But again, I I do I do feel like there might at least be something uh, happening with the plot where it's like the there's one guy in your party who's like, I want to change the world. Like I hate the nobility. I'm from noble noble family, but well, also everything's dealt with so so fast that like you meet this dude, and he's like, I work alone. Don't get in my way. You do one mission, one easy ass <laughs> mission with him. He's like, I see now. There's limits to what I can accomplish alone, <laughs> but my goals of making the world a better place could be furthered by us teaming up. And everyone's like, welcome to the team, Iscarian. And I was like, was that a conflict? Do we have a conflict that just got resolved? Did did mm-hmm. did did anything happen here? Uh was this character <laughs> development? Oh, but, I, Robert, I I cannot believe we got this far in. I don't know how I thought this was gonna be like t- high on the top of your list of annoyances with this game. So it uh Zavo Chronicle does a very common thing in which the characters will say something pithy when there is uh unspoken dialogue happening oh my God. To like <laughs> <laughs> but but now make note of what i just said is usually the way this works is games prioritize like cutscenes or very important conversations where they are going to pay voice actors and then they're going to speak their lines um and then there'll be lots of sequences like side quests or like idle chatter where th- those lines are not spoken but you'll get like a and yeah, hiya, you know, like just sort of, you know, accentuations of personality in this game. When the characters are speaking their lines, they're also layering over this weird voiceover stuff where it's like I'm reading like a voiced line. And then I'm also hearing like furthermore, and now, <laughs> yeah, furthermore, yeah. friend, I uh, must confess. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, not just one word, like whole sentences, yeah. like over a sentence. <laughs> but they don't, but they don't fully fit in to what no. the, the sentence is being said. But it's like this is the emotional expression they're going for. But it has, but you have to imagine they're not saying. Here's the weird thing: 
the conversation makes sense if they didn't the thing you just heard they didn't say out loud right and so it's it's a weird thing like what they are saying they produce their own meme of it basically <laughs> of like uh that T- tldr uh yeah uh, <laughs> for this one line of dialogue <laughs> that feeling when what do you need and then it's a full, like that's that's kind of how it unfolds. Uh, it's, it's really it's really hard to explain how bizarre it is yeah. in in practice. It is one of those things, especially if like for me, where I'm just not that engaged by the story. I'm like just clicking through the dialogue. I'm reading it, but I'm just kind of clicking through and not listening to to, to the to the voiceover. And so it's just like I'm getting snippets of voiceover, while also snippets of these emotional outbursts from the characters. That is just. It's so odd because usually the way this is handled is you have like a character going, hmm, aha. And like yes. that's their way yes. of, 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 an, of giving an emotional response to the line reading. You don't usually read an additional line on top of it. It is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, very, very bizarre game. Uh, maybe there'll be more to it. Uh, we'll see how it unfolds uh, over the over the next week or next couple episodes. We make our decision whether we stick with it or not uh, i do oh I, related to this yeah. i haven't gotten back to it yet but uh oh shit what was the uh oh the souls game that i talked about from spider yeah yeah steel rising so i haven't i haven't gotten further but some uh, someone said that the end of that game is like a 2 hour dialogue like back and forth you are having uh related to the like the french revolution so like there there is rpg stuff there's a hub there are characters with like I just apparently am like right on the edge of getting to that. So I I do at least endeavor and promise to get like another <laughs> two hours into that game to see like how deep that goes. Cause apparently it does deliver a little bit more on exactly what we were hoping for. Like there's no evidence of that at the start of the game, but apparently just be over the horizon, um, there's a little bit more of what we were we were hoping for. So I, I need to check that out this week to see if I can see if that gives that game enough extra flavor. Uh, but yes, the fact that that game ends apparently with you like, talking back and forth between two characters, that's what I'm here for. Kato, <laughs> uh, um, you've, been, you've been playing for a couple weeks now. Uh, Unexplored, Unexplored 2, The Wayfarer's Legacy. Yeah. Um, so this is a follow-up to, obviously, Unexplored 1, uh, which was a very interesting uh, roguelike uh, kind of in the traditional sense of roguelike, like it had the whole like you're going into a dungeon, uh, to find the like MacGuffin at the bottom of the dungeon. Uh, yeah. Every time you ran, you know, potions reset, things like spe- spell scrolls like that you picked up you couldn't read. That's sort of like classic rogue, like you think rogue, rogue ass roguelike. Um, this uh, unexplored two has a fun kind of uh twist on on the 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 roguelike structure where instead of um being placed in like a single sort of dungeon drilling down you actually have kind of a a whole world that that you're exploring and your thing is to take the macguffin it's kind of like a lord of the Rings situation you're taking the macguffin to go destroy it in like mount doom essentially um but what's really fun is that uh it has a when you make a new character save slot, you make you like it generates a world. Uh, this is the other thing that Unexplored One did was that 
it was all procedurally generated in a very like surprisingly like interesting way like uh like the the way that they it would path you around its dungeons was always really uh kind mm-hmm. of not frictionless but really satisfying to like clear out um a lot of circular paths that would lead back if you did like puzzles in a certain direction and th- like it was really really neat and um made for a lot of r- like really expansive but not like you were also like constantly worried about missing shit right exactly like it felt yeah. like there was a way to clear each each level and like it, they had little it was it was a really interesting uh use of procedural generation for its for its maps and like they're doing a similar thing here the art style is new in this one the last one was like a kind of 2d top-down situation this one's a isometric view uh kind of cel-shaded look it's beautiful and it generates a world when you make a new save um and when you die instead of the traditional world like okay we're remaking that world the the world becomes persistent and time moves forward um and it does really interesting things with like the places and people that you've been and met in the world and then you like start playing as a new like you're like a generation down and you're playing so, this new character like uh, give me an example yeah, like, is so based like, on what you've done or is it like stuff that you saw like just in the biome it's like both it's like everything like the world has its own kind of rules that it like it like moves forward in time and also things that you do will affect outcomes so one really uh like easy and amazing example that happened early on for one of mine was this great scenario where i basically the way that it's structured is there's like little nodes of like interest like points of interest and you travel between them and it requires like different resources you have to have a certain amount of food if it's in a cold biome you should be wearing certain clothes in order to not be hurt by the weather and then you get to the actual node and that generates a map that you then are now controlling an actual character to move around and explore in um i hit one of these nodes where it's like there's an outpost and there's bandits like it, it gives you kind of like very light information of what the node actually holds so i get there and i find um a a little like uh uh, like kind of a ruined house and i enter it and then there's uh people in there that instantly go on alert and like raise their weapons um i not really understanding the kind of nuances of this game systems immediately go into like, okay, they must be enemies. I will kill them all. Yeah. And then I get a fucking thing. It's like the clan of whatever is now aggressive to you. I'm like, Oh fuck. I just walked into someone's home and they reacted the way anyone would rock to react to a stranger's home as they were on alert, but they did not actually attack. They were just like, what's going on. And apparently there's a way where I could have gone through that and not, uh, like blasted three of them because one of them at the end like runs away could you have gotten them i could i I mean i could have if i wanted to but at a certain point i was like oh like i should be killing these people the vendetta in its cradle but but what did happen was i continued on with this character i eventually found a few bandits in that same like map uh and like they attacked me they were a little rougher and i actually ended up having to run away myself keep going with that character, eventually die in some dungeon. The map starts to populate. It shows that node. 
and it shows the that it's like you know uh uh it was a, it used to be a household of the whatever clan and it just immediately flips over to like it's a bandit outpost now like they i helped the bandits basically take over that spot because i killed half of the people that were living there on accident and like it's little things like this that just like in all over the world like things like that move forward of like they there's a new town here now because like these these people are expanding and like there's new points of interest and like this rumor you heard about like was confirmed by someone this is another really interesting thing is that when you're in the town you can ask people about like have you heard any good rumors yet you know classic fantasy bullshit of like where's my quests and like those things kind of as, as you like play through it like they get kind of borne out even if you're not the one investigating them um and it's just like really fun the way that the persistence kind of interacts with what you're doing and like the game it's like the 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 combat itself is also really like interesting the it has like a sort of um what if what if zelda combat had cooldowns for different weapons and also like uh like ideal like hit points uh like like i if i have a sword um uh, there's a kind of a point in its arc where it's going to do more damage. And so there's a lot of positioning happening. That's really fun. And also a really interesting, a really fun magic system where the thing, the, the MacGuffin that you're trying to get back to the like Mount doom or whatever is called the staff of Yendor. And essentially whenever you're near a source of magical energy, you can use the staff to cast that magic, but it's kind of uh, positioned throughout the world in a way where um, you don't always have access to it, and every time you use it, uh, basically it's like using the the One Ring, right? The Eye of Sauron mm-hmm. turns your presence is felt by like the empire that is slowly taking over the world, and more and more of those enemies start to show up, and some places will get blocked off if you use the magic too much. So there's this tension of like, I need to use this uh, magic to survive this scenario that I'm in, but I'm like right at the edge of like just this whole town getting like blasted by uh, fucking evil forces and like me not being able to travel through here anymore because it's too dangerous. Um, And yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And uh, I, I, I'm playing like. It, it 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 you know like the traditional kind of like rogue like you're trying to get through to the end of a of that quest just to say kind of you did it but like the connective tissue between each run here really kind of makes it um I don't know it makes it more propellive more pro- yeah. more propellant like I I want to keep it's not like a, like whenever I boot up rogue like every like four to five months just to fuck because it's like you know rogue is still a fun game uh to to like go through a couple runs in uh I never feel a need to like try to get to the end of an actual run it's just like the the process of playing rogue can be fun and this one all like the process is fun and I actually want to see it through uh because it has that connective tissue of like be, it being generations passing down this like quest to get this thing done you can also pass and this is why it's roguelike you you pass down certain items um like they get found and are treated as relics and they get brought back to certain locations that then you can go and pick them up as your next character um and it's uh, a really neat kind of you know twist on the roguelike structure yeah that sounds 
frankly awesome. Yeah, uh, it's very that fun. Sounds like an absolute hell of a game. And yeah, the <laughs> the art is gorgeous as yes. well. So like it it looks Super incredible. Beautiful. Those are some awesome wrinkles. Uh, and like yeah, I'm, especially early on before you like really kind of wrap your mind around, you're eating shit a lot and like in in interesting ways. Like I you I get surprised at some of the ways I'm like, oh, I didn't realize uh, I could die like that. Oh, I didn't even talk about the fucking like. Um, they have a really interesting sort of uh role playing adjacent um uh like con- not conflict resolution, but like you like go up to like a door to like unpick it, and basically the way that they deal with randomness is that there's a pot of like possible solution uh possible endings that you um basically based on your stats you get a certain amount of like pulls from this pot, and like some of them are successes, some of them are failures, some of them are um interestingly narrativized like oh you spend time doing this and like time passes and like whether it's day or night like the whole like day night cycle is like actually you know pretty impactful because like when it gets fucking dark out you can't see like within an inch in front of you and it gets extra dangerous and it's it's just a really interesting way instead of like rolling a random number generator you can kind of see like the pool of what possible um uh uh not responses, endings, I guess. Uh, completions. What? My brain is like broken right now. I can't yeah. think of the word I'm thinking of. But you know, you see a pool of the the, the possible outcomes for this encounter that you're having, and you can um, kind of twist and play with it in interesting ways with uh, both your skills that you choose and also like um, this one resource you get called Spark that uh, is associated with your hope. Which is a thing that also exists in this game, like just like a sense of like how optimistic your character is that they can finish their quest. Mm. Where the longer you're on the quest and the the less uh, safe that you are, the like your hope starts to tick down, and there are certain skills that are directly attached to uh uh what your hope is. So like if you lose like a certain amount of hope, like you lose like i had like a plus one to like um damage on like bows or something that i lost once which it's just like a great kind of little thing of like the weirdness of being on a long thing affecting a character is really fun and very flavorful um yeah this game has a lot like going on with it and i keep forgetting like small things and then like oh yeah wait but that also that other thing um and it's just like a very fun like if you like the the sort of like take the the MacGuffin doesn't really matter. It's about the journey and like ha- making that journey interesting. Uh, that's that's kind of this game in a nutshell. Yeah, it looks looks incredible. Uh, can't wait to hear more as it as it uh, unfolds for you, uh, Patrick. You've also been playing uh, a game here. Let's you know, say uh, Wo Long. Yeah, this is a new game from. Uh, I don't know if this is the Team Ninja team. Uh, uh yeah, Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Uh yeah, it's a yeah, it's it is from Team Team Ninja's making a lot of games. That's why <laughs> I was not sure if this was them or not. Um uh yeah, this is a game that uh was announced earlier this year uh and had a demo rollout tied to uh Tokyo Game Show uh on both Xbox and PlayStation. Uh and the the promise of it was uh they haven't announced a new Neo, um, which is a you know, uh, there were there were two of those people quite liked uh Neo. They were more kind of it was like loot focused um magic um you know it was it was it kind of carved out its own sort of identity um 
in sort of like the the soul space and uh Wolong is a new one of those and uh it had been kind of pitched as like oh hey this is a little more uh interested in parrying and dodging uh it's kind of like riffing off the Sekiro branch of uh those types of games uh and that is true i played about an hour of this and what i can say is i don't understand how the timing of the parrying and dodging works my my <laughs> attempts to parry and dodge were wildly unsuccessful i it's obviously a demo where like their pitch up front is like we're tweaking lots of things mm. and i hope that tweak is making that feel better like it, now granted comparing it to Sekiro is comparing it to you know even though i didn't never finish that game i got to the last boss of Sekiro and said cool I'm good. I don't need. I don't need the to do final, this. Final um, the final, final boss. The final, final boss. Yeah, I'm all the way up. Pl- try, tried it once and said, oh, "That fight is so this, fucking this good, is, though." Do I want to do this for three hours? And I said, "No. This is about self care, Kato. Okay, this is uh, yeah. again turning off the Bears game at halftime. Yeah, getting up to the final <laughs> boss of Sekiro and saying, "I've proven." I, you know, because again, Sekiro, I've said, is a game that I respect, but I don't know that I liked it very much. I mean, I enjoyed my time with it. It's mm-hmm. immaculately designed, but. What it's asking from the player is just not something I was all that interested mm. in in engaging with. Um, and obviously for yourself, Austin, like exact uh, opposite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> engage away. Um, so, I, you know, I was curious with this one, uh, especially because it's shown like a bigger emphasis on magic and traditional combat. And it's like, oh, maybe it's like it got an emphasis on parrying, but... You know, you don't necessarily, you know, there's a little more going more going on, which is in, in Sekiro, it's like do the parrying or you're fucked. Like that is that that is that is that that is the the pitch on that. And it has the whole, you know, you're trying to break down people's stamina. I forget what they call it in this game. Uh, but uh, I mean, the longest short of it is like I could tell you about the other parts of this game. Like, wait, way more magic and like bigger expansive spa- spaces, a little more like platforming elements. But the timing didn't work for me at all. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy to revisit it when it comes out. Um, but if I couldn't really click with. Like, yes, you can sneak around and do like one hit. Like there are ways to sand that down and find other ways to engage with the combat that uh, eliminates some of the parrying and dodging stuff. But it didn't. I just I, I I was just trying. I was like, I'll just fight this one entry level kind of mid bossy enemy over and over again. And then eventually this is going to work for me. And it just it just didn't. And I can't tell if that's me and I can't tell if it's the game. My I looked up some threads about it, and I, I think it's somewhere in between. Mm. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little more <laughs> in the game than than on than on me. Um, so like, it's interesting. It's gorgeous. Uh, I'm always up for another one of these that has a different wrinkle. But the demo did not did not super work for me, and so I'll have to wait to, to revisit it when the game comes out. Um, I think sometime uh, next year. Uh, the the thing I want to point out that is extremely funny is there's a character creator uh, in this and. Uh, you know, shout out to the game. It has a section about pronouns and like, what would you, how would you like to be uh, referred to? Uh, and then, so you, so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I wonder what my options are. Like, what are they, what are they doing here? And you click it and says, this feature is not available in the demo. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> was dying. Um, I think oh. some, one of my favorite responses on Twitter when I shared some screenshots was my pronouns are Miss Ing. Uh, and I was like, that's extremely good. So shout outs to the game for caring about that. Uh, and also shout outs to the game. You know, we were saying, what is it like for a game to be in development? And sometimes yeah. it's that, hey, you're going to be able to choose the pronouns that that you prefer. 
just not in the demo. The feature is not is not complete. We're still grind. We're still grinding away, figuring out how that's gonna gonna work. So yeah, that was my like ninety minutes or so with 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 Wolong, uh, Fallen Dynasty. Uh, has a lot of promise, but um, uh, much like the pronoun selection, uh, the uh, the the dodging is missing for me at the moment. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that works itself out by the final game. Uh, should we take a little dip into the question bucket before we uh, call it a day? Ooh. Ooh. Right, remember, you can send us all your questions at gamingadvice.com with the subject line questions. Uh, so our first question uh, comes. It's very simple. Subject line was, what do Patrick and Rob text think of this? It's an article in The Verge about Amazon signing Dude Perfect. To be one of the three <laughs> telecasts of Thursday Night Football. Patrick, did you get a chance to see the Dude Perfect cast? I didn't. Is this do you pick a different oh feed on Thursday? Is this what happened? Yes. Yeah, so you I, go I, you go into you go into the Prime Video app. Yeah. And you click on uh the Thursday night game. And at the bottom there's the main broadcast. There is the Spanish language broadcast. There Which is boys, the NFL really pushing that this year. We res- we respect cultura. culture. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Wow. And then there is the Dude Perfect cast. Okay. And then there's the Next Gen Stats cast. Which the branding is terrible. It is not. It is not particularly like they basically put an L frame around the uh, around the main shot and mm-hmm. they throw stats and factoids this into the L cool frame. numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But like what's very funny is either either the model they're working with is broke or coaches really do not go for it when situ- when the math says you should, because there were situations where it was like. In this situation, even if it's fourth and nine, you go for it. Well, this and is what happened were- last year with um, Brandon Staley, the Chargers coach, who over and over and over went for it on fourth down situations in which his response to, to criticisms when it didn't work out was the math. The math says we should try um, like we get a better chance at winning the game by going for it on fourth down when, you know, like you're on the 30 yard line in your own territory. Right. Yeah. Like tradition, that'd be pump that ball away you play for the field position on the next set of the set of downs and trust your defense and and the funny part was he got you know he had criticized for the times that didn't work out and then said i'm sticking to the math and then the first time he had a chance to to do it again this season he said i got bullied i'm not doing it anymore <laughs> that is very funny i will say like it did make me like I am like I do feel like they still probably kick it away too often, do field goals too often, where it's like it's sure. fourth, it's fourth and two. Uh, if you can't get the two other, yards, why the, you the other offense is game. good, so you want to yeah. keep it off the field. It is worth like you know you can get two yards, but whatever. Uh, the next gen stats cast also though does use different video angles. Uh, they take wider shots. Sometimes you get the all twenty two, mm. uh, but in general you get just a wider shot of what we're all used to, which is the narrow shot of the line uh, and the, and the backs and the linebackers uh, in center of frame uh, in the next gen stats, you will get a lot more of the formation and a lot more of the like midfield. If you can't see downfield uh, action, at least you see more midfield. 
Uh, another cool thing they do is they they do like live graphics where they trace the routes that backs and wide receivers are running, which does really give you a sense of, oh, yeah, now now I can see like how the play was drawn up uh, as you see the routes they are taking, which is which is kind of nifty. So that's cool. But then there's the dude perfect stream. <laughs> so. It was fun. Like the, the, the vibe, I would say, was not great on the Dude Perfect mm. stream because, <laughs> as you might expect, Dude Perfect are YouTubers who make videos that are not live videos. They have mm-hmm. they are Heavily not doing edited. bits live, and they get to edit out the tedious downtime that comes with trying to like put these things together. And also, a NFL game, while shorter. By standards compared to other sports, it's still three plus hours of you having to bullshit with a lot. I would imagine as a broadcaster, maybe this is less so as an audience member, but like a lot of actual downtime where there's nothing happening. So and it's my guess is that was a challenge. (laughs) The vibe wasn't great. Like it was like I had a lot of empathy with it because you'd hear you'd hear some tension building up. And I'm like, Uh uh-huh. We know for a fact we've all been on that set. We've yeah, all been oh, sure. on that where it's like, this isn't coming together. We're behind. Uh, this we're is not here, fun. And we're, we, we made a commitment. Yeah. We need to find a path forward. Uh, and so the the bit I tuned into that was really illustrative, like how the dude perfect thing is not going to necessarily translate to a live football broadcast. They had this whole idea of like, a dank a dunk tank challenge where uh two dudes are above dunk tanks and each one has a little button that if you, the other guy can hit it with the football throwing a pass across the room uh mm-hmm. he'll he'll dunk his bro great and but you only get a throw if you guess if the next play is going to be a pass or a run which is not an interesting question in football anyway. So it's like these guys being like, I think it's going to be a pass. And it's like, who gives a shit? But it's like, <laughs> also, it's, uh, it's Patrick Mahomes. Of course you think it's going to be a pass. Right, right. But either way, so these just guys randomly being like, I don't know, uh, it's going to be a run, it's going to be a pass, pass, run. And that wasn't compelling. But the other thing is this. They were across the room. Like they were really like, I couldn't have made this throw. It is a long that you're sitting, so you can't even put your body into it. It is just from the arm. Oh, that's hard. Oh, that's going to limit your distance and accuracy. Yep. So it's just from the arm throws a football (laughs) across this huge set. And he's constantly missing it. And I think the bit was scheduled for like, we'll do this for like, you know, maybe five, ten minutes. And it went on for like a quarter. (laughs) And the perfect dudes. Like, so the guys who are seated trying to, like, do game commentary and stay abreast of it, like, because mm-hmm. they're also trying to figure out, like, how do we, like, at least talk about the game that's happening? They're trying to at least, like, discuss the game a little bit. Um, And remember, these guys are from a football school. Clearly, these dudes like football. They're not like, they're right. not like novices. They're not complete dumbasses about football. And, like, one of them, I think, is really taking it a little more serious than the others in terms of, like just discussing uh the beautiful game Mm -hmm. and then but in the background you have guys ineffectually whipping footballs across the room (laughs) that just keep like smacking in to the catch netting um and so eventually they start calling out like 
hey, one of you guys needs to make this fucking shot. Like, hey, hey, uh, okay. Um, I swear, guy, if you do that one more time, we're just gonna hit the button and dunk you. Uh, like growing tension. Uh, the, <laughs> the dude's perfect, turning against each other. Damn, uh, in the process so of all this, but it, it, but it was just story. It was the bit went on too long, and it's because. In a video, it's like they edit it down and it's a tight, like two minute video, right? It's, well, because you can see, bit. like, here's the 50 attempts, you know, like boom, 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 ah, and then someone runs over and just punches the thing and, and here dunks you are the waiting friend. for them to crawl <laughs> the ball again. There's people running around, like, setting it up. Oh my God. Like, all right, Flip, you get two more shots. Let's see if you make it with, with you know, can you get Scooter if we give you three throws? Uh, it just goes on it, it went on for a while um so Incredible. i would say it, it's an interesting thing uh but mm-hmm. i'm, I'm they doing this all season that seems to be the oh, oh no my God. Oh my <laughs> that's God. The, that's the thing right dude perfect is a successful youtube channel like i think we put it on ironically but like they're successful content creators their videos like there's a lot of stuff people yeah. see and like have, have fun with uh 17 games 17 of these 17 three-hour broadcasts where you have access to one large set there might be fewer than that uh because they're starting on what we they started week two maybe i'm I'm, I'm looking just imagine Um, the dunk tank was game one what what did they have planned for all these other ones it's gotta ramp up Oh, maybe, okay, maybe so it's not every. They're game. saying they're saying several games several this games. season. Several. So I think that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but right. but I don't know, Rob. It's you're, the way you've you know portrayed this is like several could be a century. Three. Um, <laughs> two. Yeah. Several. Yeah. It's. But yeah, it's like there's long broadcasts. It's a lot. Uh, it it wasn't the it wasn't the cheeriest vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's this is compelling. I, well, yeah, I know which one I'm picking. Um, you know. This Thursday. Uh, well, I guess I'll have to see if they're there. Maybe they're going to retool. Come back. Come back. Yeah. I mean, it was it was, uh, you know, it it did not help that. Um, oh, God. Who is Al Michaels paired with uh, this year? Um, Someone extremely boring. Yeah, that's that's the real problem. He sucked. Yeah, yeah it was it was uh, Kirk. Kirk uh, yeah, he basically was just there to say things when Al Michaels wasn't. Yeah, it was not. That was that was the other problem is like it was really flat broadcast. It's uh, not bad. It's not as bad as uh, what was that uh, Booger when he was on that weird camera. Do you remember? Yes. Do you remember that? The swivel tank thing? Yep, the Booger mobile where he's <laughs> that, would, that was at, that had to be dis, had to be dismantled Kata, because it was actively yes. blocking people who were at the game from seeing the game. Okay, Kata, <laughs> no. I didn't tell you about the most curse. I didn't mean for this to be a sports broadcast. But this is just funny. <laughs> okay, Kato. A few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Monday Night Football underwent a sea change, uh, like a lot of turnover, and they had to reinvent the broadcast. And they made two decisions. One, they brought in a, a like tight end who was successful for like over a decade with the Cowboys. What was his name, Patrick? The Jason, uh, not Jason Garrett. Yeah, J- no, it was no. Um, Witten. Witten. Jason Witten, yeah, yeah, the tight end. Uh who, by the way, not gonna like people go bald. It happens. Everyone knows he's bald. We saw him in his playing days. They put him in a rug for this broadcast. Like a big old oh, no. uh big big all toupee. But then they got the other thing they added was for the for their color analyst, 
Uh, they got what's his name? Booger. It's not Booger, Booger McFarland. I've, I've, yeah, it is. It, I know that sounds made up, but it, it is. Um, it does sound like you're getting it wrong. But so no, he's going to be would, the analyst and he's going to, yeah, he's going to be like taking you inside the game. But you, can you really analyze the game without a suite of powerful analysis tools, live video feeds, multi camera angles? But also, mm. can you really analyze the game from the booth, distant from the game? No. You need to be in a scissor lift that can move along the sidelines and you just hover above the game looking <laughs> down on it and really get your insights. But again, yeah, look at these, look at, at these photos. Right, at the, the top of the, the scissor lift, you were also, yes, you were also uh, covered in displays. Oh my God. Interfaces. Oh yeah. my God. And so and the second photo is where, where it came to a head. Yeah. Because fans had paid to be really close to right, the game. Right. And cannot see it. It's just in the way. Oh my god! You got Did they put a TV on the back of it so people can watch the TV. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fucking oh my shit. god. And it would of be course really he's gonna funny. be right where the action is. He's gonna be lined yeah. up on the yeah. line of scrimmage. It would be really funny if what they had done with that TV is just put a camera in front of the Boogermobile, so it's like active camo. Like. Oh right, right. Yeah, that that's actually would have been amazing. Kato, I think you might have actually Fuck. solved it. Uh, God. But yeah, so this is amazing. Who who decided this was a good idea? Well, and it's and it's mobile, Kato. Right, like it would move right. around. So it's always like, gonna be in, in front of the light. Always of in the way. Always. <laughs> in I mean, the you can. Way. You can see the person down there who's, you know, tasked with moving him up and down the, the yeah. sidelines. Just and just and, incredible. And also, like, Jason Witten was terrible in the booth. Like yeah. the 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 like heavy handed you pay regardless. Like he had nothing to say. And he just wasn't quick on his feet that way. Uh, he like he, he just was not cut out for this. Um, it was so bad that he was like, oh, I'm not going to stick with this because I'm unretiring. I'm not I'm not done with the game yet. Uh, he was done with the game. The game was done <laughs> with him. Uh, like he unretired for like a hot minute and then uh, re-retired, I think. Uh, but like the the broadcast had no rapport. No, nobody had anything to say. The Boogermobile did not generate a font of, of game knowledge and appreciation. <laughs> um, it was... It was a nightmare, but it was memorable. Uh, like it was like in the space of a couple of years, Monday Night Football became an unwatchable broadcast. But you kind of couldn't take your take your eyes off it. Uh, so lessons Amazing. for us all in terms of like mm-hmm. how how things get concepted. Uh, how well, Rob, Rob, this is going to be important if we're if we manage to wiggle our way into letting you know letting Twitch let us co broadcast. I don't again. I don't know if they even did that. Uh, on Thursday or not, but we will. Right, so we have to we pull whatever levers. The temptation to. <laughs> to build an entire Rube Goldberg set while we Twitch broadcast, uh, and also we have no, to resist the temptation. Down. Each of you of are in a bookermobile. I will just have a bucket, <laughs> Both, yeah. and I will put my head in it. If Rob can correctly call, <laughs> this is three runner pass plays in a row. <laughs> Rob, I want to put my face in the bucket. Oh, I should have taken that call. Uh-oh. <laughs> Whoops. That's the that's the dishwasher delivery. Not today. Not today. It was confirming the delivery date. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Uh but yeah. Um 
was so thrilled this weekend. The dishwasher's dying, and it's like I've hated this thing for years. It's like it's very old, mm. and the plastic like filters and like catch trays for like little bits of debris are uncleanably like they're just they're, it's just bad. So mm. I swear to God, it's like blasting grime at my dishes. Oh no! Uh, yeah, like <laughs> like it, it, unless you like really like you know take go to pains to to clean it, uh, and then the heating element just keeps somehow i think it keeps grabbing things like i think it might keep grabbing the blade because things are so poorly aligned that sometimes the blade touches the heating element and they kind of melt together and uh yeah so anyway point is new new dishwasher a whole new life for me uh no longer have to pre-clean no longer have to post clean i'm i'm excited for that i've never had a I've never had a dishwasher that just like washes the dishes without like you having the <laughs> sort of help and feel like I'm saving labor, but you're not, you're not, you're doing more. You've become a dishwasher washer. Let's see here. You know what? Sorry. This is a boring email. I'm not going to tell you who was close <laughs> to getting their email read, but it, it was, I just had to kill it. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Uh, hey. But here's one that is more interesting. Hey, Waypoint Mm -hmm. Crew. After hearing Kato correctly defend Battletech Dark Ages and other click system games, I was curious if any of you you remember another Jordan Wiseman game from his time it was kids, Shadowrun Duels. Unlike other clicks games, which used paltry 35 millimeter scale minis, the Shadowrun clicks game used fully articulated... 1 to 12 scale action figures with customizable gear that stood on top of clicks bases that were a little bit larger than a hockey puck. Oh my god. The bases click <laughs> the bases click styles were used to track damage by hit location. Even better, these bases opened up to store weapons, armor and gear that could be swapped between characters as well as tiny multicolored dice that this gear added to your rolls and each character's unique tape measure that displayed their various attack ranges. Some Amazing. of the more pedestrian characters were about the size of a normal six-inch action figure, but some of those, some like the troll wizard, were ridiculously big and bulky. And those figures are probably still some of the best slash only Shadowrun toys that exist. If you think this by turn sounds over ambitious and uh, both too heavy mechanically and too cross prohibitive for the industry niche, this type of game <laughs> occupies, yeah. you would be. 100% correct. <laughs> the game was canceled pretty quickly after only two six-figure waves were released. Wow. I still remember the deeply idiosyncratic now 20-year-old game fondly, but barely anyone else I know can remember it, and I occasionally find myself looking at eBay listings for dwarven riggers, orc nightclub bouncers, or various or various dubiously appropriative cyber samurai. As always, fuck capitalism. Go home, Jeff. This looks tight. This is amazing. These bases are, why are they so thick? <laughs> They're huge. Well, they have to store stuff. Oh, my God. It's a little compartment little to store, compartment. store those props. Yeah. And maybe the tape measure. I, I don't think of Shadowrun and think ta- tactics, really. I think large dice, roll, large dice pools, but like, oh, I don't. I don't know. Like to me, the battle, the ba- the battle tech thing made sense. Is like here's just like a streamlined version. Damn, <laughs> these, are, these are gorgeous, though. 
They're, I mean, yeah, they can be intricate because they're much bigger. I, see, here's the problem. Like the pro- the problem with like some, sometimes Jordan Wiseman is just too far ahead of his time. Like if this comes out now, people are just like, hell yeah, absolutely. I don't. Well, know. I will. I don't know that Shadowrun has a big enough like pull no, right the, now. The problem is it's Shadowrun. The problem yeah. is it's Shadowrun. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, oh know. yeah. Just slap the fucking. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 brand, like do that right. with this license to I'm make sure, money. Yeah, I'm sure that's gonna. We're doing go League well, of Legends yeah. action figures. Oh, okay, well there you go. That actually yeah. might work. Oh, this is truly spectacular. Yeah, I'm I'm in awe of this thing. Uh, we do need to buy our BattleTech clicks. We we uh, need set. to get some click sets though. <laughs> uh. Next email, Halloween Horror Nights and Killer Clowns. After watching your Gamescom stream and seeing Patrick in awe of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space game, I had to write in. Back in 2019, Universal chose this movie to base one of their houses on for Halloween they Horror did. Nights. It was a great house, by the way. Thinking on this, I had two questions. Would Patrick or any of the crew ever go to Halloween Horror Nights to experience the scares personally? And two, what other film would you want to see get the Halloween Horror Nights treatment? For reference, this year's IP, IP Houses feature Halloween uh, 1978, the 1978 uh, edition, uh, Black Phone Freaky from Bloomhouse, and Universal Monsters featuring Wolfman, Mummy, and Dracula. Thanks for the pods, streams, etc. Melissa from Florida. Uh, I've never been. I don't know why we didn't go when I lived in L.A., although I was only there for a year and a half, so it only would have overlapped with one season, but I can't. I can't give a good justification why we didn't didn't go to that. Um, but it's like to speak to would I go to one? I mean, my in a in a previous job, my wife uh, became friends with somebody who runs one of the uh, more well known national uh, horror uh, or a Halloween like a, I don't know what you call it, like, you know haunted house sort of thing, very elaborate. Um, and that's where we're going to be spending her her birthday is coming up, but we are going the actual celebration is us in October literally flying somewhere to go to this haunted house um, and spend some time with some friends for a weekend. So yes, I am. I am the kind of person that likes to do stuff like that. Having kids has stunted that um, (laughs) my ability to get out do that this weekend. We went to some, it's not spirit Halloween. It's there are now knockoffs of spirit Halloween um, trying to just draft off of, put up an orange logo and people will just think that's a spirit Halloween, uh, which I did. Uh, and they, these places always put the motion sensor like stuff on the front. They're like really expensive, elaborate um, uh, outdoor stuff. And both my children proclaim to be loving the spooky stuff that, you know, Jackson bones in front, huge fans. Um, and, uh, but when confronted with like a, a fully articulated, you know, moving, Michael Myers, uh, that, that way less interesting, uh, suddenly. Uh, and to, to, you know, so I, my oldest managed to just sneak around. I was like, just go off to the left. Like there's no more of the motion sensor stuff. There's just normal skeleton stuff. Well, sometimes in these stores, they, the motion sensor or like there's a, a trip to activate, like whatever the gimmick is of the, 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 the mm-hmm. creature, you have to step on something. And, I, I I I triggered this one that's like a zombie raccoon in a trash can. Like it's pretty neat looking, but I was like, well, what is it? I don't know what this is gonna do. And my my wife is in the middle of like cons- like trying to calm down my youngest when uh, I activate 
this trash panda and it shoots out of the trash can no. with like a horrible, extremely loud noise. And I don't know if I believe in a soul, but if my daughter had one, she doesn't anymore. It left her body. It it went. It left. I have to it's return gone. to my home yeah. planet. Um, she crumbled onto the floor oh in hysterics. I mean, I felt it was very funny, but also I felt awful. Like, you know, sometimes both things are true. I feel bad that you are utterly traumatized. And yet this brings me like a little bit of joy. I'm sorry. This is, this is just the reality of the situation. Um, uh, but, uh, for which one I would want, I don't, hmm, I, I, frankly, it's not popular enough, but I guess, I don't know if they're doing Killer Clowns from Outer Space, have they ever done the thing, right? Like, how fucking oh, sh- cool would that yeah. be to have some of those weird creatures, uh, in, in a haunted house? Uh, give me that. That's the one that comes to mind off the, off the bat. I'm, uh, guys, I, I got such a way of nostalgia as you're describing some of that, like, they did it once they in 2011. The the- apparently. Sorry? Sorry, they did it once in 2011. The thing? The thing. A simulation. That makes sense. They've done a yeah. good job of cycling not just the, the like, when did I- Did they make I, it all wintry and shit? Because uh, both these things are, yeah. in, are in warmer climes. Yeah. Right. I mean, it would be fake. They, they. I mean, it's Disney, not Disney, but it's Universal, Universal. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. Like, they, they put fake snow and shit, you know? They, they, right. They sell and they it. Do a good jo- they do a good job of, like, cycling in- like properties and worlds that are not necessary. Like people are coming there just because they want to get spooked. Like they don't, you know what I mean? Like right. the, they've done a good, like you don't put a killer clown in some outer space. Cause you're like, damn, I need the killer clowns demographic to show up. The marketing team said, <laughs> you know, it's just because it'd be, it's creepy zombie clowns that, you know, put people in cotton candy as a cocoon. It's like, that seems like that'd be neat to look at. And I agree. Um, or did you just post one from? Yeah. I found a, I found a video of the, the thing assimilation at Halloween Horror Nights 2011. They've, they've got like through. a very <laughs> not super convincing fog machine. It kind of it looks cold. It looks cold enough. I mean, it's I guess. like this is tough because <laughs> yeah, like captured on a camera is is gonna is really yeah. gonna hurt how this goes. Yeah. But, hey, look, I appreciate the the attempt. Uh, oh, anyway, but oh, Rob, you were you were I saying, saying you were, I, you were, I have such nostalgia for. The people who set up. Okay, so I'm thinking about in particular this one house. On Halloween, uh, it had sort of a sheltered, almost breezeway style porch that connected to uh, the garage, but like next to the main, like it was between the main house and the garage. And I cannot stress enough deeply unremarkable brick house, uh, basically like a brick ranch uh, in. Uh, you know, Northwest Indiana by daylight. Halloween, though. I like I and I would never see them put it up. It was just somehow by by the trick or treating night. There was a table with a big like cauldron of candy set up on it. And and I don't know why. Like I'm describing it, but that's that's nothing. That's gonna worry me, but. It was a big old hillbilly, like big, like ZZ top size beard, <laughs> big slouch hat pulled low over their eyes, bizarre proportions and like something off about the skin. But again, they're under like night lighting and it's like they got like a flickering fluorescent set up. So mm-hmm. I'm like, 
is their skin just fucked up or is it bouncing? But the thing is, also, it wasn't clear. Is that a person or not? And I would just stand there at the end of the driveway looking because it was up on a little bit of a rise. I would just stand there and look up at this thing. And there was the candy. There was the cauldron full of candy. But there was this figure. And like, and there were a bunch of houses that did this, right? The ones where you just have to be like, I want that candy. We're going to see what happens. It's probably nothing. He's probably just a doll. He's probably nothing. This is probably just a big old prop. And and this was the really this is the really sadistic part. This thing would appear this thing would appear a couple times. And the first time I remember it appearing, I got close. And I guess it was just a doll or something. It didn't do anything. Grab my candy and run off. The next year, I'm like, I know this trick. And I go up. And as I reach for the cauldron, the thing says bolt upright and lunges for my hand. No! <laughs> and I was fucking gone. No. Didn't lay hands, just like went to like reach for the cauldron. <laughs> and I don't remember leaving. I don't remember getting home. I just remember, I just remember this thing that I knew for a fact the previous year. I was like, haha, this thing ain't shit. It must just be a doll. And the next year, it was it was live, and it was a person. It must have wow. been a person. But was yeah. the person both years? Were they just picking their moment? <laughs> Did like, they remember they, you from the year before? I have it's like, no oh, I didn't idea. get them last time. This was a near neighbor, so like, yeah, they saw me and they like and everything. But like, amazing. It like, but there were a few houses that did shit like this, yeah, right? Yeah. The, the places mm-hmm. where it's like, come children. Do you have what? Are you are you a bad enough dude <laughs> to walk up this driveway? and into my tableau of horrors that I prepared. But the weird thing is, it wasn't the big spooky shit where it's like, ooh, gravestones. No, 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 no. It was always shit like that that like just got me the most, oh, right? Yeah. Where it was like, there's something just off about what I'm seeing, and there's so much I can't see. There's so much I don't know, and it just feels so isolated from the street. Uh, I This reminded me of, uh, this has been going around on TikTok a bunch. I, I implore you to click on this link. Uh, and and watch it. Uh, I have not purchased this yet, but I have, I have, I have deeply considered it. Um, I'm gonna wait till you see it before I describe mm-hmm. what occurs. Yeah, Rob's uh, <laughs> mouth is open. Kato is cackling. What happens in this video is you see a small child, probably three or four, uh, approach kind of a sinister-looking pumpkin. Oh my um, god! It's got a spooky face, but it's just a, it's a candy. It's you know it's just a candy bucket. God. Um, and they pick it up to like look inside, clearly because their parents probably told them, like, go look at it. Um, I'm not gonna get mad at them. I was just laugh- I was just laughing at my two year old getting fucking spooked and traumatized into therapy. Uh, <laughs> and they, as they pull the as they pull the bucket up, it would like it triggers this action in the pumpkin where in in the back of it a like bony skeleton hand like shoots out to like grab your face as you lean the bucket towards you. Oh, it's God, delightful. It's- I was too, I was watching this. I'm like, where's it? What? I, it's uh-huh. very well hidden. It's extremely yeah, well hidden. It's really well hidden. <laughs> like, wow. I, the first time I thought it was a fake spider. It's got spidery qualities. That little. I would oh, not, Rob. You know oh, me. I would. I, in no world would I endorse. <laughs> I've been in negotiations with my wife, where she's she's very spiders don't bother her. She loves spiders. Uh, 
she's been negotiating over what things she can buy to put on the house that is that is a spidery. I was like, there's a line and I don't need, you know, we'll figure out what that line is uh, together. Um, oh, they're at Lowe's. Okay. I'm going to have to go to a Lowe's and see if I can buy this. Oh, my God. So it's pumpkin. I don't know. Horror, I don't know the horror spaces. Well, I don't know the stuff that I would have would be like great Halloween horror night stuff. But I kept my my, my head keeps going to cat people. What? Old B like B movie. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Like B horror movie from the 40s. Uh, that is basically about like, honestly, it's like. Simultaneously. Sympathetic with the experience of being a Latina immigrant in the United States and also deeply afraid of <laughs> Latina culture just completely. What? Uh, but it is, it is a movie about like boy meets girl girl comes from a uh, like, ba- like it comes from like a region of Latin America uh, where people have always said people from her village, there's something off about them, but she doesn't, she doesn't believe that shit. She doesn't believe in curses. Oh, but it's real. Uh, oh, no. They're all, they're all cat. Like at a certain point, the curse is activated. They, they turn into cat people uh, by, by day. They are, they are people. And then by night, it's like being a werewolf, but like for a panther. But the thing that there's two things that, st- that stick with me, because like, like a lot of great B movies in that period, right? They're amazing at showing absolutely nothing that require facts that they do not possess. Mm-hmm. But like there is a part where characters convinced she is being stalked because she can hear someone. It sounds like someone is attempting to match her footfalls, but failing. And so it is like a long, empty street with a series of like. Don't like the that. darkness cut by cut by streetlights. And it's her hearing. Is this an echo? Is it my footsteps? And become increasingly convinced that like someone is like walking along behind her. Um, And then what makes it worse, of course, is then suddenly, very suddenly, the footsteps die off entirely and and like it becomes like deadly silent on the street. The other part that stuck with me forever is there's a moment where she's convinced um, once again, like she's being she's being stalked. And she has been like lured down into a pool inside a like an apartment building. And like, you know how like pool lights throw weird shifting lights all over a room and everything. The entire scene is a pitch black, except for like this shifting like puddle of light that's moving. Uh, And it is like she she dies for safety in the pool and becomes convinced that like just beyond this like little puddle of light like her tormentor is there in the darkness and like it is so well executed that like it's just like those two locations have sort of stuck with me forever like the darkened street and and the pool um and that always seems like if you create the experience of like feeling like you are being stalked down that street or like trapped in this like pool area with somebody that would like fuck me up Great movie. Goddamn. Uh, our next, let me make this like maybe the last one we do. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam writes, hello, wapies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we'll now 
No, no. I don't like it. No. <laughs> At the outset of the pandemic, I, like many people, suddenly had a lot of time to catch up on all the music, games, movies, books, and television that have been sitting on various shelves and lists for years untouched. Some works I just lost interest in, their luster faded after their initial feverish acquisition. Others I was almost too excited to consume, and they became more like shining totems of the future than something I was ever going to give any time to. But in any case, there was there were many years of uh, many years worth of art and media that I, on some level, wanted to experience. So, after feeling overwhelmed with the freedom of choice for weeks, I decided to strip away some of that freedom voluntarily. I went through my bookshelves and backlogs and assigned F- and assigned every book, game, and album a number. Mm. <sighs> and then. <clears throat> Uh, I made I made numbered lists of movies and TV I wanted to watch, and then using a random number generator, let fate decide oh. what I was going to do with my free time. Oh, no. It was hard at first, always thinking I'd rather be reading or watching or playing something else, but I soon got into the spirit of it, never felt like a waste of my time, almost always finding something valuable in what I was consuming. I was always excited to see what the RNG chose next, comforted that it was no longer in my hands. I was waiting for the perfect time to read Dune or play Witcher 3, but... Oh, look, I guess that time is right now. <laughs> Two years later, I'm still using the system, and it feels like I've enjoyed so many things that would have languished on a shelf forever. It's a bit extreme, but it still works for me. But I sometimes can't shake the feeling that this is just a novel manifestation of my various mental illnesses. Am I turning into Two-Face, only able to make decisions based on chance? My question for y'all is, how do you deal with analysis paralysis? With so few constraints on what art and media is available to us and so little time to enjoy it, how do you narrow it down and decide what's worth your time and energy? Did I solve the problem and it's everyone else who's a freak? Thank you always for everything you do, Adam. P.S. With my cookbooks now assigned numbers, I've also started doing it for the meals I cook. Oh my god. Hmm. Well, I don't have. I do not. Yeah, I don't have the, this is the not choice paralysis. Well, no, but what I will say that is appealing is, uh, I do like the chaos factor. I like the <laughs> and I like the notion of largely what I do is live in the present in, in the sense that I am watching, playing, reading things that are new. Um, I don't have time. Like my time is limited. And so I, it's, it's difficult to go backwards. Um, and this is tr- true, even, you know, irrespective of the things that I'm doing for work, where I always have to be forward looking and present, um, from like a business p- point of view. But like, uh, it's rare that I'm going to sit down. I, I barely keep up with the new movies that come out, let alone like, what are some of those movies in the seventies I didn't see? Right. Like, that's just not, not, but the, the idea of like carving out a space in your life where, hey, on Saturday night, like once a month or something, you're just going to put on a build a list and then have it get randomly picked what you're going to you're going to watch. That sounds awesome. Like I <laughs> yeah. I really uh, in many ways, it's it's like it's related to when I came up with the idea for my turn it was like the same sort of idea is like, how how can you get out of your comfort zone on something? In this case, it's not leaving it to chance. It's well, the chance is like <laughs> how wild do your friends want to get with the what they're going to pick? But I I I think that's really I I like that part uh, a lot. Um, but I imagine the two of you, I don't have to imagine. I see it here every. I see it manifested <laughs> every day uh, in 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 my lives. Uh, are more like the two of you uh, and most people in general like have have a t- tougher time picking 
what to spend their time with and for how long. <sighs> I don't know if I could do this, though. I I don't know that I could, but maybe I think I should. Right. Because Kato, right. I will confess yeah. here. I, like, the amount of time... I will like literally this has happened not often, but it has been known to happen mm-hmm. where I spend substantially the length of a running time of a movie debating what movie I want to watch with my free night. Yeah. And yep. it's like if I just hadn't done that, I would have had time to watch two movies or a movie and play a game. But it's like right. out of four hours to do whatever I mean, by the end, I had like 90 minutes to watch yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so I I can identify really strongly with with the impulse to do like I, I just don't have the gumption to maintain the the list that yeah. the that the RNG is is going through, uh, but I kind of like the notion uh, for sure because it is it 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 is hard uh, sometimes to uh, like make that choice, especially since so many times now uh, the ways we interact with things are meant to present you with tons of, you know, intriguing choices. You know, I mean, the experience of browsing mm-hmm. Netflix. It's like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And you can easily be like, these all look great. Add them to my list. At which point I immediately lose interest in them and must continue browsing whatever yeah. the, uh, you know, whatever Netflix is randomly showing me. So, yeah, I can I can definitely see the value in something like this, but I'm also just not sure I could commit to, like, I will live, but this this is my code now, and I'm going to live by it. Yeah. No, and just to like, I don't know, like, there's such a thing as being in the mood for certain things, especially depending on how uh, widely varied the things on the list are. Like, sometimes you just want to watch something that'll make you laugh and you're not going to put on fucking, I don't know, st- like stalker, right? But those things could in like exist on the same list. And I was like, that's the point at which I'm like, that's too much. I think there's too many different things. And it has to, I don't know. That's why I like the event nature of it. Where sure. you're like it's carving like, it out. It doesn't like, matter. But this will be right. the day. Yeah. And like you just know going in. Like otherwise. Like succumb I'm to very the specific. chaos. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I'm very specific about what we want to watch. Because we're like, I don't know. Keeping up with Marvel or whatever TV show. Like, you right. know. So I get that. I get that. Like wanting, watching what you want to watch. But I just, I find it deeply appealing that if you were just to take all the stuff you tell yourself you wanted and I mostly think about this in movies because it's just a smaller chunk of time, right? Like the commitment is just so much. I, I, I read so few books because it's just, you know, a dozen hours that I, I don't usually have. But the notion of once a month, just like you have a bucket list of movies. Like I always mm-hmm. wanted to watch that and just throw it on there because it's the kind the kind of movies that maybe you're just never going to be in the quote mood for. And this is why I like have a sure. list of sad and traumatic movies that my wife doesn't want to watch. And when she is not around, I watch them. <laughs> like so, where some people are like, my wife, like my partner's gone. Time to you know get loose. I'm like, time to cry because uh, all of the sad movies, you know, like oh, child loss. I'm gonna watch that by myself after I've had a couple of cocktails. Well, I uh, yeah, it's I, I definitely get the being in the mood for it stuff too because that's that's a huge part of it but i am i, I do think i would probably end up <laughs> the problem is you don't know what you're in the mood for yeah. right like that's like you're like oh i'll just pick the thing i'm in the mood for right it's, i two suppose hours i would be like well i know it's not that <gasps> yeah 
It's not that one. Like I need the power. <laughs> I need the power to for that. Where it's like, nope, this is not a come and see night. This is not <laughs> not happening. Uh, but yeah, it's a. I I admire the discipline. Uh, what a beautiful system you've come up with. And uh, look, I'm glad it's enriching our life. I think. I, I wonder, you know, maybe part of the magic is that uh, if you stick to it, you do just like short circuit the analysis paralysis completely. Yeah. And it's just like. I mean, sometimes happens with food, this. right? Like the we've got that we're huge fans of. Uh, huh. Well, but here's what I mean uh, is uh, like we I forget which one we get like, but we like Sun Basket or like, you know, one of these where they mm-hmm. show up with a, you know, uh, selection of meals uh, to, to make and. It's like you don't get to pick everything. It's like, hey, here's what's on tap this week. Like, choose from the 15 options. Um, and what I like about that is, like, frequently we end up picking stuff that's like, man, I, uh, I, I don't know. about Like, we picked two that we really liked. I don't know if this third one. But I absolutely have eaten things that are not, like, wildly out of my comfort zone, but just not something I would pick. Like, right. I'm not going to pick that when I go to a restaurant. Like, right. I'm not going to choose that. Like, but we end up making things or uh, – that are like outside of like, and you end up going like, damn, okay. Like a handful of times, like it has hit the mark to such a degree that we, you know, like download the recipe and make it later. Yeah. Um, and I really like that because I'm, I'm not like not adventurous, but certainly when it's just like a Wednesday, you know, I don't know that I'm necessarily looking to make something different as much as like comfort and just get to the other side of being hungry. And what I really like about the meal kits is it like plays in this same universe mm-hmm. of, yeah, Here's a selection of things, and not every time you're going to have a selection that you're super stoked about, because that that's an, ends up splitting our meals during the week, where it's like three dinners are these kits that we're making that are things we normally wouldn't make, frequently more extravagant because they just involve more stuff. Um, and then like there's a couple, and the rest of the week is like a couple like crockpot sort of stuff, and then you eat out once or twice, and then you get like a nice variety of of food. Uh, all right, I think. We'll call it there. Let's we'll we'll seal the question bucket uh for, for now. Uh I leave nothing to chance, of course, in the question bucket. Everything is carefully chosen mm-hmm. and curated. Like what are we in the mood for? Like that email I threw back into the ocean. Actually wow. I didn't throw it back. It's not in the bucket anymore. I was like, I don't know how you got into the bucket. Gone. <laughs> Trouble me no more. Uh, that is a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook, and YouTube, Waypoint Vice. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Kato, where can people find you? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Patrick. At Patrick Klepik. You said it weird. Okay. I'll accept that criticism. Yeah, Take it on board. Mm-hmm. I'll go watch the tape. Uh, you know, when, we, when this publishes, I'm going to go watch the tape. Gonna grind. But you come back. Figure out what wrong there. Yeah. You can also check out what we published on waypoint.vice.com. Check out Patrick's piece on the increasing mainstreaming of how long to beat and the effect it has on game developers and, and how that discussion is progressing. Uh, and thanks to Waypoint Plus, uh, Patrick and I, as we alluded to, we're talking through some sports feelings on our unnamed so far sports podcast. In particular, my family. That's a good that's a good one, Rob. Sports feelings is a good is a good name. Too. <laughs> sports feelings. <laughs> In our sports feelings. Uh, in particular, my family's relationship with the Bears-Packers rivalry. Uh, we're also going to be doing my turn on Alien this week, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. And feel free to submit questions around it. Uh, we also, as we discussed, played Fortnite a bunch last week. I think the VOD of that will be hitting YouTube uh, like this week. And we'll probably be playing more Fortnite 
uh, this week. Plus, you can check out, uh, by the time you listen to this, uh, Kyle and I will have probably logged another installment of Motorsport Manager. If all that sounds good or if you just want more Waypoint, you can go to waypointplus.com and subscribe. Not only do you get access to our premium feed, but you're also helping support Waypoint and everything else we do here. And if you want to, uh, you know, go beyond just, just subscribing, you can go to waypointgeneralstore.com and buy some of our fine Waypoint merch. Our music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. For now, we are calling time on this Monday. Uh, We will talk to you again on Friday. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, so my other game is Diafield, by the way. Um, I played a bit of Asanzo as well, so I got, I got a few games. Uh, Patrick, what did you want Di- Is Diofield Diofield? I don't they haven't actually said it. Dio Field. They haven't actually said it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna have someone else say it. My, my brutally honest review of Dio Field Chronicle from Dreamcast guy. This, he's got this guy looks like a JRPG fan. What's he gonna say? I think it, I think it has to be Dio. What do you say? Come on. I, he hasn't says it yet. He's telling me how much he loves Final Fantasy. Okay. We know, dude. We see your channel. <laughs> Dialfield. All right. Dialfield. I don't trust it. <laughs> All right, I'll look up another one. <laughs> you don't trust Dreamcast guy? Dreamcast. The Dreamcast isn't out. It's dead. <laughs> why are you why are you talking uh, about this Dreamcast? Is the, now? This is this is the gaming shelf. Sure, lots of games can go on a shelf. This one called this one called it Dio Field. Yep, this is what and I'm saying. <laughs> Shit. All right. Well, that's two. All right. IGN. IG, all right, can, IGN. Can you just can you do this for me? Uh, shit. There is. Okay. Game Informer. We can do that. Okay. Come on. Talk. Hey, I am your host, Wesley LeBlanc. Today, it's actually just me. Um, so yeah, basically I'm going to be walking you through, um, a short snippet of my demo from the Dial Field Fuck! Dial Field! Wait, Dial Field? Dial Field? Was there a third one? No. <laughs> no. Dial Field. I want to hear, I want to hear Dial Field in the, uh, Resident Evil voice. Dial Field. Okay. Uh, you got my recording going. I'm on time. That is everyone ready. Uh, awesome. No. Uh, want to go on? One. I got it. I'll do it. All right. Uh, 34. <laughs>
I'm just adding some extra claps in there for Kato. Great. Perfect. <laughs> Bonus claps. Bonus claps. Bonus claps. All right.